Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now hey this is liz this is heather we are doing this week a classic movie review of independence day from 1996 hit the music our Instagram post a couple weeks ago. I took a picture of my husband wearing a fedora mm-hmm. in the in a bar. We'd actually gone to a murder mystery um, dinner party. Uh-huh. It was actually it was pretty fun. Was it? Yeah. So I I've, I've done one, but it was like from a box. Like I haven't been to one where they actually have like a theatrical it, company that's doing it. Yeah, it was called Murder Mystery Co. So if any of you guys uh, are in the Houston area, give them a shout out because it was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you'll see some Instagram posts for me because it was during Prohibition. And yeah, so they were I, super cute. They were funny. Okay, the one with you with our flask is amazing. It if you guys awesome. want a nerdy bitch's flask, we actually sell them on our Zazzle store. Yeah. That, wasn't, that is not what it, you had, but we do sell uh, them. This, that's what happens when you take a nerdy bitch's sticker and you put it on a $4 flask. That's <laughs> what I had. We were trying to be, uh, or you were trying to be. I was working uh, on a craft project. We on a craft and it didn't quite pan out the way yeah. you It looks would hope. really cute from afar. Yeah. But it looks great on pictures. Yeah. And it holds a lot of whiskey. Yeah. You know? But we do sell them on our Zazzle store. If you've never been to our Zazzle store, which I think we forget to talk about like mm-hmm. until once a year. It's Zazzle.com slash Nerdy Bitches Podcast. Yeah. And you have to turn off the content filter to, see, to turn it to, to see off the good stuff, to see yeah. our good stuff because everything on there is either rated PG-13 or R because of the word bitches and because blah, blah, blah. We do actually have kid-friendly designs. They do not have the word bitches on them. Those are the ones that have the dogs. Mm-hmm. If you've seen our logo with the three dogs on it with Daphne, Lucy, and Gertrude on it, it's, it's actually really precious, I think. And I think any teacher, you know, or Sunday school class would get a complete chuckle out of it. The kids are going to, it's going to go right over their head. So, yeah, yeah. you know, otherwise it just looks like the Nerdy Dogs podcast. <laughs> yeah, the Nerdy Dogs. Or the Nerdy Podcast. Nerdy yeah. Podcast. Producer Craig told us at the beginning not to say the word the because it makes us sound old, like the Twitter. So, so we don't say the Nerdy I, Bitches I, podcast. I use, it's so anytime we say bitches. the, it's ironically. So yes. it's okay. Yes. It's so. okay, like the Facebook. So, <laughs> and anyway, so so we went to this fun little murder mystery thing, and you know it was kind of you know mixed drinks that were there, and uh, because there was so much going on, I really I only had a, like one or one or two drinks for the whole evening. Mm-hmm. So we said we knew of a little speakeasy, like I put speakeasy in air quotes because it's not really, but.
but it's like um there's a place in Houston off of Main Street. It pretends to be a speakeasy. That, yeah, yeah, because it has it looks like a law office and you go in and it's a bar. And so we went up we went over there. I said, Oh, that oh was that in the Anderson Clayton building or whatever? I don't know. I okay. just know it says the law offices of something oh, something. Okay. And um so we went over there and they actually had a line out the door. But we were dressed like in thirties clothes and I thought, Oh, or twenties clothes. So I thought, Oh, it'd be fun to be there, but I'm not gonna wait in line no, or stand line, in that fuck thing. You lines. Um we probably could have gotten in the door because we were dressed in mm-hmm. the right appropriate closet but i don't like places that are too crowded so like a couple doors down there was a place called dean's and it has a similar feel you know like a loungy bar and we went in there just to have a drink uh before we went home and i uh i had just a that's that's where you know i was sitting at the bar and i just ordered a beer just a regular plain beer while i was thinking about what we wanted mm-hmm. then I overhear the bartender saying they have St. Arnold's Bishop Barrel. Um, and I said, uh, what? Okay, so that's like one of these big whale beers that is so good. Um, you know, aged in, in um, bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. And each year has kind of a different flavor flavor to it. Some of them because of the type of bourbon. Some of the some of the type of beer. And some are basically because they're aged, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew that there was like a high alcohol content. But I was like, I have to have this drink. And so I ordered it after a beer, after two nights, uh, two, two cocktails drinking. And Were you on your ass? I was completely sober walking into that bar and leaving that bar. It was like, this, was, this is like just a bottle of beer. Right. Like, that's it. It wasn't a bomber, a beer. It was a little bottle. Mm-hmm. I was like completely dead. Yeah. You know. I could not we believe podcast it. the next day. We did. I was very hungover. Um, and we lost our podcast. I don't know if so it's a coincidence. Sad. No, I don't think so. Unless you dumped my microphone's cord into it. <laughs> That'd be funny. But no, I was, but so we were down at teens anyway. So we were walking around dressed in like these, th- this thirties outfits, you know, I had the long necklace tied in a knot and that little headband, you know, it was very cute. And, um, the, um, so you know and craig's wearing his blazer and fedora and hat and somebody's like looking good because you know there's all these like young people bar in a suit (laughs) yeah there's all these young people around you know although with with the uh the enormous number of hipsters we have in houston yeah being in a in a bar in a suit with a fedora really shouldn't be that out of place these days oh it wouldn't be except for craig's older than hipsters right so he's like at that age between the hillbilly or hippie that he could get away with it and the hipster age, he's like right in the middle. Like I'm currently at the age where I can't get away with driving a Volkswagen Beetle. I love them, but I need another 20 years on me so that I can be yeah. driving it. Yeah, there's or a I gap. Need a, or there's I, a Beetle gap. Yeah, and I'm in the Beetle gap. And I would like a Beetle. But... <laughs> the Beetle gap. The Beetle gap. <laughs> okay, what are we talking about? All right, so um, we are actually doing our third classic movie review today. We started this trend last year whenever we were getting ready for Comic Palooza. We are also getting ready for Comic Palooza again this year, as you know. We'll be there May 12th through the 14th at Houston's George R. Brown Convention Center. Come see us. We are so excited. So much fun. So last year, they had two casts that were having uh, reunion shows, or at least enough of the cast there to consider it worth watching. So it was Aliens and Boondock Saints. So we actually did... Our first classic movie episode, uh, classic movie review was 
Alien and Aliens, because we had not seen either, and we thought we should see both before we... I you know. had seen Aliens, but yeah. it was out of context. Yeah, it's always <laughs> out of context when you're not looking for specific things. Yeah. And then the second we did the second one was Boondock Saints, so that we could have some sort of knowledge mm -hmm. of these characters and these classic shows. Um, so this year, when we were looking at the Comic Palooza lineup... We can very clearly tell that there is a Nightmare on Elm Street mm -hmm. reunion that is coming up. However, we are not covering it mm -hmm. because we don't want to. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, as much as, you know, we like to try to follow what we can, uh, we just don't do yeah. scary shit. I would love to see like an offsite screening of it, though. I think that'd be really cool. I mean, maybe uh, like an Alamo Draft House kind of thing. Yeah. Like I would watch that. With a blanket and like my hands over my face, like I did when I was eight and watched it. Mm -hmm. But here's here's the deal. Okay, I grew up, and you can see I grew up with long fingernails. Oh, like yeah. mm -hmm. everyone has that thing that they are—the kid with the lazy eye or the patch or whatever it is—and I was the kid with the fingernails, and I always have been since I was five. You know. So when this damn movie comes out, and now, again, I am not talking like I can use my fingernails for chopsticks or they are twisted in any way. That is not what I'm talking about. They are just, my nails look naturally like what a lot of women pay to have put on their fingers every two weeks. So not fake. Mine are not fake, but they, they look nicely manicured. Let me throw mm -hmm. it that way. But when I was that age and Freddy Krueger steps on damn scene... How many times am I now going to be the girl with the Freddy Krueger fingernails? Too bad it was so much earlier than the Wolverine movie. Oh, that would have been way better. That would have been awesome. I would totally take Wolverine. Actually, that's what I call my niece Olivia's fingernails because she was a plexus baby last year. Um, mm -hmm. And her nails would grow and she would just like, you know, baby touches your face. And it's like a gash. Mm. With, so I always call her baby Wolverine because these nails just grew like freaking crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we're not covering Nightmare on Elm Street. However, one of the guests at the convention this year is Mary McDonald, mm -hmm. who you might know from Battlestar Galactica. Yes, that's what I mean. I know her from the most. Right? Uh, Dances with Wolves. Mm -hmm. She was Stands with a Fist. Uh, we also have her in Major Crimes. Major Crimes. Now, I, I like my old people shows, so. Well, I'm, I'm a fan as well. Yeah. Uh, and so she is also, she plays First Lady uh, Whitmore. Yep. In Independence Day from 1996. So that that's is what a, we are covering. That's, a, that's our segue because this is an awesome movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's so good. When it came out, I'm pretty sure it was critically panned as being a piece of crap, but I don't care. I watch this movie every single year on the 4th of July, possibly multiple times, because I think TNT plays it on a loop like A Christmas Story oh, on I Christmas. So. Mm -hmm. so they just play it all day long. Plus, I have it on Blu-ray, so I can watch anytime I want. I thought we had it on digital file when I sat down last week to watch it so that I could write notes for mm -hmm. this show realizing that we didn't and I was like what the fuck happened there how did that travesty of justice occur um so I had to go to the blu-ray but uh yeah I just love this movie it's, I, I do too. it's like it's just everything you want it's got nerds it's got shoot 'em up and mm -hmm. it's just big budget action it's 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 yeah. patriotism it's you know oh yeah world tism whatever yeah. you know, proud to be an earthling kind of a feeling to it 
but it's not so overtly geekly geeky that normal people wouldn't like it too. You yeah. Know what I mean? And um, so uh, Roland Emmerich is one of the um, writers. Yeah, he's and, a writer and director. And he, um, oh, he directed. Oh, he directed it. Yeah, yeah. He's also a um, uh, Stargate guy. Yeah, he did Stargate. Um, so did the Dean Devlin, who wrote it with him, was the second writer. Uh, they, but he also did like Godzilla, The Day After Tomorrow, um, I, the new the Godzilla, Patriot. or the, yeah, the Matthew one. Broderick one. Oh, I don't know. I really I like the new Godzilla. one, even though they only talked. They said Godzilla. The point is, only this one. guy is is into big budget epic movies. In fact, I think that they consider this um, a turning point in summer movie blockbusters. This yeah. movie was, and now like the summer movie blockbuster has stretched into May because uh, yeah. usually there's a Marvel movie out in May. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out May fifth. Yeah, and Who's then when excited? is uh, Wonder Woman's coming out soon? Too? Coming out in June. I'm super I think excited. it's after Comic Palooza. Yeah, so. during the during <laughs> during the <laughs> summer, I'm at a movie every week. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't tend to go as often as I would like to because I'm cheap. Uh, but I do enjoy a movie, especially uh, on a Tuesday, kind of mm-hmm. m- mid mid afternoon, mid morning, because there's nobody there a lot of times. Yeah, because we're all at work and it sucks. Yeah, I would. I know there's all these like cool things that happen during the day, and I don't like people like crowds. Well, I like it because no one's there. Yeah, I know. I don't like crowds, <laughs> and so I and you know I'll go and visit. Like I'll go visit my mom, and she's retired, and she'll be like, "Oh yeah, if you go and get your dinner at like two o'clock in the afternoon, you get it during happy hour hours, yeah, and it's yeah. like ninety nine cents." I'm I like, don't know who's happy at at two, but you know I, I will take the food home for ninety nine cents. I, I'm happy with a burger for ninety nine cents yeah, at I'm two o'clock. Time. I don't care what time of day. That's it is. just lunch. It's late lunch. It is. It's late lunch. Late lunch. lunch. I mean, I I work from home ninety nine percent of the time, so my day starts later than most, but it also ends a lot later than most. Yeah. So you know, I I will sometimes be working until two or three in the morning if that's when it is most convenient and less distracting to do so. Yeah, we've so. got a lot of um of our Facebook fans are I'm getting messages. <laughs> like I get up in the morning to go to work and my feed is like full of like comments that, and things. That is a hundred percent my fault because I am the one posting shit at one o'clock in the morning <laughs> when I'm getting ready to try to go to bed. And then I realize how many of our listeners and podcast followers are also night owls. Cause I'm getting ding, 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 ding. I'm so like, funny. Oh, so I funny. hope Heather's got her do not disturb. I one. do. I, I set that, that 10 to seven do yeah. not disturb. Mm hmm. That makes my life, except for one time, seven is actually early for me on the weekends. And I, yeah. my, my, you know, I have my uh, sleepy watch mm-hmm. and it's also attached to my phone and seven o'clock then getting the do not disturb, like way too early on a Saturday. Oh yeah. Too early if on I a get, Saturday. You know, speaking of the devil, <laughs> we've got Fitbits on and our notifications are on. So our arms are buzzing. Like, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, because you like us, you really, really like us. Yeah, like you know, it's at least a a good number of you do. We're a fan. So anyway, Independence Day. Oh yeah. So this this was a lost episode. We recorded this episode a a couple of days ago, and if you heard our last episode, um, some same thing happened. We recorded them at the same time. Mic cord went out on my side, so there's a lovely recording somewhere of Heather talking to herself yeah but since i did it, the majority of the it's like a one <laughs> side like on loony this. bin like yeah, you know she's just like talking to herself uh so we're recording it again um and we got a little out of hand with that one so we're we're scaling it back just a little bit 
So what I'm going to do, uh, for those of you crazy people who have not actually seen this movie or heard it sucked and decided not to watch it, I'm going to tell you that you should, and I'm going to read you a plot synopsis. Now, there's like seven of them on here, so I'm just going to pick one and go. Yeah. So on July 2nd, communication systems worldwide are sent into chaos by a strange atmospheric interference. It is soon learned by the military that a number of enormous objects are on a collision course with Earth. At first thought uh, to be meteors, they are later revealed to be gigantic spacecraft piloted by a mysterious alien species. So pretty much right here, this just describes every alien invasion show or you movie know ever made. And uh, so your two sentences just covered like 30% of the movie. Yeah, they really did, sadly. Uh, after attempts to communicate with the aliens go nowhere... David Levinson, an ex-scientist turned cable technician. Now, I don't remember them ever no. calling him a scientist. Or or technically being a cable technician. He's because a, He's like the director of communications. Working, you know, with the satellites and shit at yeah, a uh, not, cable company is a lot different than being a cable that's tech. That's not the dude that showed up at my house on Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. to fix the cable or to fix the internet and then left and the internet broke. And then poor Opperman had to play, you know, all day long trying to fix it when it was actually working when he was there. So anyway, that's a cable technician. This guy went to MIT and can change satellite trajectories. He is not a technician. Uh, he discovers that the aliens are going to attack major points around the globe in less than a day. On July 3rd, the aliens all but obliterate New York, Los Angeles, and Washington, as well as Paris, London, Houston, and Moscow. I thought Houston was the second wave. Yeah, well, we don't really know if, because they could have just still been sitting there. But anyway, well, uh, but it was on the third, I think, that, that we, I think technically we obliterated <laughs> Houston by sending a nuclear missile oh, yeah. at the alien ship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So fuck you creators who destroy our homeland of Houston. Uh, the survivors set out in convoys towards Area 51. This does not even remotely sound like the movie we watched. It's really funny. No, no. Well, uh, the RVs were in the convoy. The RVs are in convoys. Yeah. But still, it's just survivors set out in convoys towards Area 51. No, they didn't know about Area 51. A strange government testing ground where it is rumored the military what has the a captured alien spacecraft on of their own. That, sir, is reading between the lines because they did. I mean, we all know what Area 51 is, but he just mansplained Area 51 to us. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a that. chick. Then he, she female splained. Uh, it's written by Gustav. So I'm going to go with a dude. Yeah. Uh, survivors devise a plan of attack or a plan to fight back against the enslaving aliens. I no, don't no, think no, they, they did not just, want they, to enslave They just us. wanted to eat us. Uh, they don't want to eat us. They want to kill us and take our planet. Oh, yes, uh, right. Yeah, right. And July 4th becomes the day humanity will fight for its freedoms. July 4th is their Independence Day. Why does it say there and not <laughs> our? Is it, what, what planet is Gustav know. from? I don't know, but Gustav, uh, you kind of suck at summarizing movies, but, but it was shorter than the my, the summary that took me an hour and a half because I just talked through the whole movie. So, so we, we, there you uh, go. Yeah, when we recorded this last time, I mean, it was very entertaining. Again, it was hilarious. It, it was again, awesome. Podcast Oscars for this one, but it's gone and you'll yeah. never hear it again. So. In fact, it would have been difficult because people wouldn't know whether to vote for the Independence Day Oscar or the Doctor, <sighs> or Who, the Doctor Oscar. Who Oscar. Yeah. I don't know. I may have gone with the Independence Day one because there was a lot of stuff, but the good thing is 
I have notes. We still so have notes. notes. I threw away great. all of my notes after uh, our we didn't recording. We did not notes for this one anyway, so. These are notes. Uh, does that count? <laughs> it counts. <laughs> yeah. All right, so a little a little glimpse behind the scenes of what happens when your podcast episode goes away and now you have to record it again. I know. So we try and we're trying to be um entertaining and not bitter and it's very difficult it's a it's a fine line it's a fine line it's a fine, because fine they're like line. goddamn microphone cords that don't feel like recording <sighs> it's true Bastard. bullshit but uh we actually just for another behind the scenes glimpse we've got two recording devices yeah, we happening should take a picture today of that, except for we'll, I, my we'll do it later my picture taker is missing it's, it's called not a phone miss- yeah and it's or and possibly it's, a camera my and, picture it's being, taker? <laughs> and it's being charged <laughs> Well, that's okay. We've got seven other apparatuses within arm reach that all have a camera attached. So yeah. it'll be on uh, Twitter before you hear it. Bet this you anyways. didn't ex- think about that happening in 1996. No, you did not. 1996, if you wanted to have a camera on you, you had was, to bring it was one. yellow and it had a little twisty dial and you had to take it to Eckerd's or to Walgreens and get it developed and hope to God that at least one of the pictures you just paid for turned out. Yeah. In 1997, I did have a digital camera for my work, and it took a floppy disk. <laughs> and you put the floppy disk in, and it could hold one picture. Mm-hmm. So y- if you had a stack of pictures, you had a stack of floppy disks. Yeah. My uh, my mom had a camera, and it was, again, you know, back when the little handheld digital cameras were still like three, dollars $400. And this thing, the batteries, because it took like AA batteries, like... Mm-hmm. You could take oh, I remember. Mine four take- pictures before the batteries died. Yeah. So you had to go buy those more expensive Duracell batteries that were made for electronic devices. And I'm like, excuse me, shouldn't anything that I put a battery into be considered an electronic device? I'm just throwing it out there. And yeah. now we just went somewhere else. Anyway, um, yeah. so back to Independence Day. So that was kind of the lamest summary of a movie of all time. But you know what happens. Yeah, I think every everybody's seen Independence Day. And if you haven't, please go watch it. It's now, so we're not fun. talking resurgence. We're talking Independence no, no. 1996. Day. 1996. This is, I'm thinking, the pinnacle of Jeff Goldblum's career right here. Yeah. This don't I don't want to think about it. And this in Jurassic Park, like that was right in. She's his only wheelhouse. saying that because in this episode he has abs. They are in this movie. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't know about the abs because we don't see him shirtless, but he's got some pecs that yeah. won't quit, and he is tall. Honest and to God, lanky. like oh. in in your wildest dreams, without seeing this movie, maybe think two or three years before this movie, if you think, hey. Jeff Goldblum is <laughs> going to be from the fly. The dude from the fly is going to be wearing a wife beater with Will Smith and they look equally good. Yeah. You'd you go, would go, what happened to Will Smith? Mind. Like, right. <laughs> Did they put Will Smith in the fly machine too? <laughs> what happened? But no, I mean, this is, you know, there's, there is something for everybody in this movie. So if you like big action, that's great. If you like strippers, they got one of those. Oh, yeah. If you like hot guys, dude, Harry Connick Jr., Will Smith, and uh, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum is looking amazing. I mean, Adam Baldwin's you know, even in it, and he's hot, but we hate him. So yeah. he's a wash. You but. know that Jeff Goldblum didn't eat a carb for like no. eight years before this movie. Like yeah, he was he prepping. Didn't, he didn't look that good in Jurassic Park. 
Yeah, no, that. and that was uh, like that's exactly two, it right. was like a year earlier. I think somebody was like, "Look, you can be an action hero. You just have to, you know, cut out the carbs." And he's like, "All right, you know." <laughs> right. And and men are like, like that. Chris, They're like, it's like Chris Pratt who yeah. gets, goes from Parks and Rec to Guardians of the Galaxy, drops sixty pounds. He's like, "I just stopped drinking beer. I don't yeah. know. It took like a month. Is that is, yeah. that, is that hard?" And you're uh-huh. like, Fuck you, <laughs> and I man, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Oh, by the way, since we're not covering it, remember how I was like, "Hello, Chris Pratt with um, Sex on a Stick." Yeah. yeah. Okay. Play. I finally get after seeing Kong, the Hiddleston girls. I finally get it. I like Tom Hiddleston because I think he's funny, and I think he is. Adorable. Oh yeah, I love it. and and but he is. A, I don't understand pro- the the. Like, I I did not either. I, I haven't now. seen Kong yet, so. Oh, yeah. It has Chris Pratt, Jurassic World-esque-ness all over to it. And I'm like, hello, sailor. I'm a fan I, of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, I, Tom Hiddleston is incredibly respectful of women. Mm. And you can see it, in, like, in his public appearances mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, I, I he's, like. He's up there with me with uh, Mark Ruffalo, Ruffalo mm-hmm. who I adore and is just like. Uh, so cute but also like just looks like the nicest guy in the world it's like married to a regular lady and has like regular kids and he's just super nice and he's out to save the world and he's Mm -hmm. also incredibly lovely to look at yeah so all around well yeah he's like it's like um Hugh Jackman, yeah. same way. Mm-hmm. Married to like the love of his life for 21 years. I just saw it on Instagram. Yeah. Kids, like there's just a, just a, not a Hollywood jerk. You know, yeah. I like that. He's, he's, he's funny. The, like He's yeah. the anti-Adam Baldwin. He is the anti-Adam Baldwin. You know what? If you could be a cool guy, you might be someone as awesome as that. But when you're not, you're, you're Adam Baldwin. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start by talking through some of these notes that I was writing oh, yeah. mm-hmm. as I was, as we, I was watching this movie, which I normally don't do. But I thought, what the hell? Yeah. I've seen it a hundred thousand times. Let me look at it with a more critical eye. It's pretty critical. <laughs> I I know this because I've experienced because this before. We, we have a sense of deja vu right now <laughs> as to where we've probably done this in the past. Yeah. I love that this movie opens with a big ass spaceship. That is the first thing that you see mm-hmm. is this big ass spaceship eclipsing the moon and a satellite from our atmosphere crashes into it, which I, by the way, it would not have been that close to do so. Yeah. It'd have to have been really but close. But I just, I, I wrote down in parentheses, not subtle. Yeah. Because with a lot of these movies that we've seen, the invasion, so we've got Armageddon. And where people don't believe it's, it's alien, happening. They don't believe it. We've got contact. We've got all these different things where shit's happening in space, but it takes at least a quarter of the movie to really fully understand that shit's happening in space. This one opens on the spaceship. Like yeah. it is there. And, and the idea of the magnitude of the spaceship is not really appreciated except for this shot. And, yeah. and now we see shit like that all the time. Yeah. But then but in 1996, you didn't surprising. see this. Yeah. It would have been, again, just we have radio waves of this, you know. And you're like, look at this screen. Look at it bouncing. That means something. And we're like, okay, <laughs> I'll, take your, down. I'll take your word I for know. it. Where's you the know? bunker? I'm on my way. <laughs> so we cut from the scene of the big ass spaceship just sitting there looming over the earth menacingly to... Uh, a cut of R.E.M.'s uh, The End of the World as We Know It. By Senior Year Song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And the watcher guy who is playing with the potty golf game. Yeah. Because everyone in the world is asleep because it's three o'clock in the morning in the desert and this guy's paid to listen for nothing kind of thing. Yeah. And that's the thing. Okay. You just noticed your job is to stare yeah. into space. Okay. We're, yeah. we're getting there. Oh, so, so then we have, of course, I have our, jump, our grumpy old man slash government official trope that sends to pop up in all of these different type of movies. Who's like a this bald better, and white guy? Yeah, yeah this know. better be. A, I don't think he's white. Um, this better be a, a, a you know, an a incredibly beautiful woman waking me up in the middle of the night. What? And then he bumps his head or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. So you know, it's go in and oh, it must just be a mouth. Holy fuck, it's not. So yeah, yeah. So it knows Morse code, so that's handy. So okay, and I have to throw this out that this movie for the first twenty minutes literally just pops all over the world. Yeah, just shows random little clippets of things that are yeah of things happening. Yeah, and so we get our political intrigue with the White House. Yes, because this is actually I think we're in the Pentagon is the next shot. And I'm so happy that the dad from the Wonder Years finally got work. It's really exciting. He's one of the generals or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't see him in anything else. Yeah. yeah, I think he dies. I'm pretty sure because I don't think we ever see him again. But uh, we might. He may be in the end in the bunker. I don't remember. But anyways, um, the president and first lady are never together in in this movie at all. Like she's across the which I think is just life. You mm-hmm. know, uh, she's across the world doing the stand up for your presidential husband bit that yeah. most first ladies have to do when somebody's yeah. bitching about them. There's a Bill O'Reilly shot where he's on TV bitching about this particular president. Um, okay, so then we know it's a Democrat. Continue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then we jump again, because now yeah. we've got to jump again. Now we've jumped to New York, this where is- we have the old men playing chess in the park. Oh, Lots of them. So oh, it's, but that's um, Jeff Goldblum's dad, well, right? It is. Judd Hirsch. Yeah, it's, it's actually Jeff Goldblum and his dad, Judd Hirsch, are playing checkers or chess in the park, as you do mm-hmm. in New York when it, there's sun out. I don't know. This is in every movie of New it's York. In I've every ever movie. Seen. And you I've know, been to New York. I've, I've been to New York and I've been guys. to Central Park and I've never seen it. But I don't now. I really think they were in Central Park, though. That's I think they're in Brooklyn somewhere. Oh. Well, that might be why I've never seen them, but I don't know. Because you could see across the, the I river had a there. library in, in my growing up city, and there was always a guy in one of those reading rooms with mm-hmm. the chessboard set up, and he encouraged people to come in and, and play with him. So he could touch them inappropriately? Because I ain't going in a quiet room with a creepy old man with a chessboard. windows all the way around. That doesn't matter. Don't we, go in that room. We were all adults Listen, when we kids, went in there. I mean, no, we weren't adults. We were high school in students. That room. <laughs> He was just nice. nothing good can come. He had it. me. He was like, "This is an interesting book. Why don't you read it?" Chess my boyfriend- is an incredibly quiet game. You could play that at the regular table. Yeah, probably. <laughs> just throwing it out. There. Yeah, that- but he did. But he brought that in, and um, my boyfriend would always play chess, and I was like, "I don't like chess." So I was. Um, you grew up in Utah. You could have accidentally become a child bride. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> not to that dude. <laughs> It, it was a joke because he had palsy in one arm and we're like, <laughs> and we're like, that dude has an arm that freaks you out. So as a result, it will screw up your chess game. <laughs> we're going wow. to hell. I mean, it's true. I mean, I'm not telling you one thing we that's not true. to the palsy community. Well, I'm just saying the, like, yeah, no. it just, it, it is a competitive advantage when you're a chess player because you're just like staring at the arm and not thinking about uh, the you game. You know, I think, I think anytime, and I think this is why... 
competitive poker players have uh, developed the the things that they have done to cover yeah. their eyes and stuff mm-hmm. because it does give you away and it does give you an advantage if you can see into somebody's soul. Because that's what I would do. Just stare, stare them down till they get uncomfortable and run away. Yeah. I Weird. win, fuckers. <sighs> anyway, so we've popped over to them and they're playing, par- they're playing chess in the park. And... Of course, the dad is bitching at the son about, why don't you get a life? Why don't you find somebody? Take off your wedding ring. You've been divorced for four years. Blah, blah, blah. This was a very stereotypical, like, Jewish father. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very much so. And then, uh, of course, he's like Mr. Eco-Friendly. So he's like, do you know how long it's going to take that styrofoam cup to dinner? And then, yeah, so there's Jeff Goldblum in IT breaking a a stereotype. Like, IT guys, I don't think of as, like, save the world type. I think they're like, hey, let's lay lay down some more cable over here. (laughs) We need 75,000 more pounds of cable. You know what we need? Stuff that's made with polypropylene. That's what we need. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so, so, but anyway, so he rides a bike. He doesn't have a car. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's New York, so nobody has a car anyway. But he's he rides a bike everywhere. He's got a beeper. He doesn't listen to. But he's also got a wife beater on, and it's off. Like he's it's all you know. He's got his overshirt yeah. off around and his he's, waist. He's and surprisingly it's, tan. Surprisingly tan for a New York City Jewish person who runs a cable company. Yeah, inside with inside. no windows. There was not one there window. Was not one window. He had to go up on the roof. Yeah, of a skyscraper to see what was happening. Mm-hmm. So anyway, okay, and then we bump to David's office. Where we see fire, uh, Harvey Firestein playing my favorite character of Harvey Firestein, uh, who is just hilarious and over the top and raspy voiced in everything he's so ever done. Your favorite done. character of Harvey Firestein is Harvey Firestein. Pretty much, Me yeah. Too. Yeah. I mean, I just love him. He's adorable. But anyway, so he's there as the the I guess office sidekick, yeah, or whatever, mm-hmm. just running around after. I mean, him, he like, still has like out. he's considered a starring role in this, and he was in it for what four minutes. Because he steals the scene. He does. And that's, you know, he reminds me of somebody like, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, like Billy Burke, who plays Bella's dad in Twilight, where he's not really a starring character yeah. in that show at mm-hmm. all, but he takes every scene he is in because he's just charismatic and he's just funny and his timing is really good. Like everybody else is dead, yeah, you know, dead fish as mm-hmm. well. Because they're everybody else's dead fish, but yeah, yeah, he's like the one live actor in this show. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so same kind of thing. I like yeah. these characters that just kind of come out of nowhere and steal the show, even though they're not, you know, the major. I noticed that Mary McDonald got fourth billing. She shouldn't. She has like eight lines in the whole show. I know, but I really liked her in it. Well, I really liked her in it too. Um, but, but again, yeah, she yeah, like yeah. eight lines in the whole show. I mean, obviously, she's going to be behind Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, and Will, Bill Pullman. Well, she's the only person but, anybody else had ever heard of. But she's ahead. In 1996. Well, no, Judd Hirsch, everybody's heard of. Yeah. So she's ahead of, her, ahead of Randy Quaid. Well. Head, well, Harvey Firestein, I kind of understand why she's ahead of he, She had even less lines. Right. Anyway. Sorry, I apologize. I just, I love Mary McDonald. I and do too. A, and she's coming to Comic Palooza. So there's our I know. tie-in. That, that is our tie-in, <laughs> our classic movie review. Because we were going to do Independence Day, but we'd all, or not Independence Day, um, Dances with Wolves. But we've all seen Avatar. We we've know the seen story. Avatar. We know the backstory. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're not going to do that. It's like Avatar before the CGI, I believe, mm-hmm. is what you sent me, which yeah. I thought was perfect. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so then, of course, we got to pop over again because we can't stay in one place too long in this opening sequence of 20 minutes. Um, now we have sequence. gone to the drunken crop duster and his kids. Oh, yes. Played by Russell Crade. Randy, Randy Quaid, Quaid, Quaid playing Russell 
case. <laughs> I think I said it was Dennis Quaid in the last one, so I'm kind of glad that episode went away because that makes me sound stupid. And now well, I just said it again, it's, it's, so it's stupid So again. good for but you. Good for you hey, hey, erasing that memory. Here's the deal. We learn from our errors. <laughs> we don't always get a chance to come back and correct them. So Randy Quaid, who I'm believing in this movie is much like Harvey Firestein, just playing himself. Yeah, I, because, I agree. Wow. Yeah. He has fallen off the rockers in the mm-hmm. last decade because, whoo. But, um, so again, uh, I, I don't know why it seems to be completely acceptable to anyone and everyone that he is drunkenly uh, dusting crops. It is not acceptable to the FAA, not in 1996, not ever. Nor should he have been landing his crop dusting plane on the highway and then pulling it into somebody's driveway. That's not a good plan. No, I do know of uh, communities that have um, runways um, built into them. And when you get out of your driveway, you have to look for planes. Well, that, again, there's still kind of an airstrip involved, not just the road. Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in a community that had a, uh, one neighborhood actually has a uh, airfield or Mm -hmm. it's got the landing strip through it and people have keep the planes you know, in their back garages, because oh, that's yeah. where I grew up. Yeah, that's see, that's <laughs> my that's uh, where my dad lives right now. We did not have that. Have a plane? No. You know, it makes a nice a we big had a dog. A dog. Yeah. That parks at the plane. Mm, no, 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 no. We lived across the street from the school, so it's way too. You close know, for it's an airplane. so. Ex- I, you know, I'm going to go on a completely random thing. Is uh, the um, airplanes cost so much now mm-hmm. that nobody can afford them? Everybody's a plane. Go and ask them. They're all 30 years old. My aunt's sister-in-law has one, if not two, yeah. her husband. She's bought them for her husband. Um, but they're not new. Yeah, you can't. Nobody people, buys them Like new. A, a new two-seater is like $680,000. Oh, those aren't two-seaters. Yeah. And so everybody's plane is from the 70s or 80s mm-hmm. at the latest because... You know, especially communities like this, which are like retired military and retired airline pilots, they can't afford a new plane. Well, that's the thing. Like, I know with them, they, I mean, they clearly have, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) money, but they also charter out the plane Mm -hmm. and have flown, you know, people here and there. So it's an investment too, yeah. So it's an investment because you can't even hardly afford the fuel for the plane, let alone the plane. That's what makes the plane so, like, you have to get a really light one too. Um, Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, theirs is a private, I don't know how many it seats, maybe six or so, but mm-hmm. it's a, you know. Cessna? Does it have props or? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Never mind. I've been to these people's house like once and it's the biggest house I've ever been in in my entire life. So you're kind of just like, oh. So, may, so yeah, the price of the plane makes sense. Yeah. But, okay. So Sorry. now we've, we've <laughs> hopped again back to the White House. To, now we're in the Oval Office because shit's getting real. And we've updated to DEFCON 3. Uh, I think. I have seen there are more like acronyms in this movie in the first 20 minutes than I have seen in most military movies in my entire life. It's like, we don't really know what to say. So military, 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 we're just going to blah, blah, blah it and hope nobody notices. Yeah. Because I don't know what they mean. Maybe we need a military expert to analyze. Um, But I would like to know because at this point, now, now things have been happening for Let's say a couple hours because we got the, you know, kind of got the call in the middle of the night and the president's having breakfast. Now maybe it's lunchtime. So let's say we've got six, seven hours that we're hearing about this. And they're like, uh, they're going to be entering our atmosphere in the next 30 minutes. Now, I know a lot of times that there's going to be like a strawberry supermoon on my birthday six months from now. Yeah. Right. 
Absolutely. And all of that is, is just, you know, the reflection of the sun off of shit. So why do I know about that six months in advance, but I get 30 minutes head start on an alien invasion? It doesn't make any sense. Like it, even you know, the, the even it, the asteroid from uh, Armageddon gave us thirty days notice. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just polite. <laughs> Guys are fuckers. Well, it's like, and they did not give any kind of indication that they could jump away faster than the speed of light mm-hmm. because you would right at towards yeah. the end. So these things have been on the way for a while, for and a while. and like we don't even see them coming. You know, and Neil deGrasse Tyson always said. You won't be able to hide an asteroid. The government won't be able to hide a planet-killing asteroid strike because people know how to look through their telescopes. And they have because they don't trust the government to tell them that they're going to do this because they got to go get in the bunker with the six-year supply of and food and tampons. And you find out from the cable repair guy. You do. <laughs> the cable guy always knows. He knows. So, um, yeah, we we don't know what it is at this point, but they send a an AWAC or whatever it's called up to go check it out. And it hasn't even come out of the... But it's like a super cloudy day, right? Like it's not... We can't see it, but we're just going to fly through this cloud with no instrumentation apparently uh, and just fly right into it. We just right into it and kill a whole plane full of people. It's like... It didn't seem... That's a terrible it idea. Didn't se- it didn't seem like a good idea. It's a terrible idea. I mean, I, so, I think... This was, yeah. and we've learned this, this is the days before Wi-Fi, which to me, <laughs> Heather keeps asking me in the last episode, like, why the, what, just the Wi-Fi? Just like, Wi-Fi. We, we didn't just have a, Wi-Fi just, in just, 1996. Just Bluetooth. I don't know. There's <laughs> no Wi-Fi in 1996. It's crazy. Isn't it crazy to all y'all that there was no Wi-Fi in 1996? I had a cell phone that was a flip phone, but it was roughly the size of half a brick. I did not have and a cell it phone. And it set my ear on fire every time I would be on it for more than three minutes at a time. Yeah. This is the technology we were doing. It also had a pull-up wire. Remember mm-hmm, you had to mm-hmm. pull up the antenna so someone could actually hear you? Yeah. This this is not, you know, land. okay, kids today, you have no idea. <laughs> we're so the old. The struggles. <laughs> I did not even have a cell phone back then because it was cost like $4 a minute. Okay. I, and you're it like, did cost $4 a and minute. And you're like, oh, $4 a minute. That's not, that's not very Until long. Until you it's get the $1,000 yeah, phone bill. Yeah. Well, we had, uh, we had gotten ours. My, okay. Now when I was in high school, so probably 93, 94, my dad, the big spender had gotten a car phone. Now, this is not from, like, twins. Remember, he's got a car phone and twins. It's actually, like, bolted into the car. It's not that. This was, like, a purse that had a phone in it. It had a little zipper pouch, and you had to plug it into the cigarette lighter. And I remember, because when I went on one of my college road trips, this was the phone I had to use to communicate with my parents. Because back in the day, we also had to pay kids for long-distance phone calls. Crazy. And you that, know what you still do on landlines. Do you? Yeah. Oh, Fucking weird, know. huh? I don't, I haven't had a landline in like yeah. 10 years. Yeah. But it's just one of those like, like okay. And, and to call home, to just let my parents know that I had gotten to my destination at this college I was visiting was like dial the phone. And it was almost like trying to beat the beat the operator back when you used to. And so you used to have to make collect phone calls when you couldn't afford the phone call you needed to make from the pay phone you were at. So it was, but it was similar concept because you wanted to be on the phone for a minute or less. Like yeah. it was just, it, there was no Wi-Fi. That is my. <laughs> I just, I find, I'm, I'm just, 
I'm like, fathom- why don't we just upload the virus from here so, based yeah. on what? So that's that's <laughs> what's what's so disturbing is not that part, actually, mm-hmm. of the whole movie. The whole point of the movie is we had to hardwire in yeah. to the spaceship. Yeah. Um, be spo- on the spoilers, people. Yeah. And I'm thinking it's not that we didn't have Wi-Fi. It's we couldn't... We didn't have the capacity to understand that maybe an alien species that's so far advanced in us might have Wi-Fi. I bet they had Wi-Fi. We just didn't know what Wi-Fi was yet. I know, but we didn't even like acknowledge that there could be the possibility they transmit through anything other than their brain. Well, but again, they were using our... Okay, we're getting, we're getting ahead. They were using our satellites against us mm-hmm. to coordinate their attack. So therefore, anything we did by satellite, they would know and we couldn't do a sneak attack. This was the... Anyways, we've gotten way ahead of ourselves because now we're back to the Oval Office again. The president now realizing it's not a weather phenomenon Mm -hmm. and that it it might be dangerous. But you know what? We don't want to scare people into trying to do what people do. Scatter like cockroaches. Uh, He goes and does a, a little press conference that advises people to stay in their homes and stay calm. And he wasn't going anywhere. Yep. Now they've they've now since taken the vice president and all the joint chiefs and all the important people away because the president is not leaving. And again, they're not supposed to be in the same place at the same time. We need to have a working government, whatever that is. Um, it was 96. We had one then, theoretically. Ish. Ish. So... Now we've we're done with that because this seems like a of course it's panic in the streets yeah, is what yeah, they shoot yeah. to next is just pandemonium, you know. And and this is the point in which Jeff Goldblum has already figured out oh, what's no, going no, on. We're not there yet. No. He's still at the cable company. Well, I know, but he's been he figured watching it out the, there. He's watching the signal there because this is where they bump back to, and he's he's realizing that whatever this signal that they're using is recycling itself and it's cycling. And it's going to go away. But what he realizes once they kind of see what they're dealing with is that this is, in fact, a calculated worldwide countdown mm-hmm. to what's going to happen and go big boom. Yeah. Um, I I love that he can figure this out. And yet we still don't get satellite or cable when it rains. Yeah. Well, he doesn't work for a conglomerate. <laughs> this is just big New York cable company. I know. Everyone else can suck Nobody it. else has Wi-Fi, but he's See? downloading this shit from the satellite in the car. <laughs> uh, yeah. So nobody has Wi-Fi, but this guy has a, uh, he has got an aerial antenna, much like a CB radio that he can slap on the top the, of a that car. That used to be how you did satellite radio. Remember you had that big thing, magnet, and you yeah. stuck it on the top of your car? Most cars still have a small version of that if they've got satellite radio. If you I look have, on the back, I, I have satellite radio. Well, I, but I, your car's tall. You don't really. I don't. Look I don't. At the top I don't pay car. any money towards it. Yeah, so I. So I, I have one on my car, but I do not. Apparently, pay I have for satellite. the capacity to satellite radio, but I am like three months behind on my podcast. So yeah, useless. And hence why they didn't have Wi-Fi in 1986. We probably had the capacity, but everyone else was behind on, you know, murder Think of all the podcasting we missed out on. Yeah. It was called radio back then. <laughs> radio. That's hilarious. That's so funny. That's so funny. So retro. 
<laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like you had to get a job. You had to like, do this. You couldn't just pull out a couple of microphones and shoot it out on the interwebs like we do. I mean, please. You had to get somebody to hire you to speak into the radio. No, this way we just yeah, we get, to pay. get people to hire us not to. Yeah, now we just pay money in order to do it. Exactly. <laughs> Screw you. Um, anyway, so, yeah, drunk guy. Okay, so apparently Russell Case, played by our infamous Randy Quaid here, uh, it, it comes out that not only is he drunk, but the reason he's probably drunk is because 10 years prior, he was kidnapped by aliens, and they experimented on him sexually this is yep. what the bullies in the bar are saying yeah. now two seconds after this the the tv flips itself on which you know creepy enough poltergeist kind of shit happening because the tvs just kept flipping themselves on um as they do when aliens invade so so then you see because aliens have wi-fi ships <laughs> okay there are ufos in the sky which by the way we are identifying them at this point so i think we can just call them something else Um, they have their call signs up but here's what i like so they arrest him right they arrest russell case because he's drunk and he's like screaming in the street about how the aliens are here and people are still looking at him like he's crazy even though there's a giant fucking spaceship above their town yeah, this is your priority, people. Really? Like, this actually validates what he's try- been saying yeah. all this time. But they still, like, every single person throughout this movie still looks at him like he's crazy. And I'm telling you right now, this is why Jesus is not coming back. Because he did come back in 1978 and has been happily in Bellevue and medicated since then. Because we wouldn't believe it. We would still, even with overwhelming evidence in your face... We still have people who just deny all sorts of things that have yeah. been scientifically or visually or whatever. They've been proven. Eh, fuck it, you. It shows how it. hard it is to break through these initial labels. It, it really also is. is pretty hard to do it if you continue to act like a nutbag well, even if, when you're proven right. Yeah, maybe yeah. you should stop being a total fucking drunk. But, yeah. you know, again, yeah, well, who am I to judge? Uh, so... <laughs> Again, uh, then there's the, we jump straight to California because, you know, time change, time difference. Yeah. Uh, so California. And now, again, we're 30 minutes into the movie at this point, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith hasn't even woken up yet. Yeah. He's it was still, too early. <laughs> it's too early in California. They're just not on the clock yet. And then they have an earthquake or what they think is an earthquake. And then ugh, it's not even a four point. Go back to sleep. I'm like, well, wadi-da, California. And, and the rest of us are watching going... We know what's happening. Get up. <laughs> Get up. Get up, Will like, Smith. And they're You've like, got things fuck to you, do. fault lines. I'm still tired. I'm going back to sleep. So we've got mass hysteria in the streets all over the place. And only the cable repairman can make it better. It, yeah. This is, he is on, he is on the move to change the world. And that is the problem with this whole movie and trying to really just summarize it is that it jumps all over the motherfucking place until they get to area 51 because there are no other places to jump from. Yeah. (coughs) So they have this fictitious, um, air force base, like El Toro doesn't exist, correct? Mm -mm. Um, and that's where we learn about Will Smith and uh, we uh, get to meet um, our uh, New Orleans friend. What is his name? Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick. He is so cute in this movie. Oh, my God. He's adorable. God. Yeah. I mean, he's an ass face, but he's adorable. And not, yeah. in a, not in a dickhead ass face, just kind of a he's a he's just that yeah. guy. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, he cracked me up like, um, you know, when he oh, talks talking about, about butt kissing. Yeah the, yeah, the best position to kiss a butt. And I like the booty right yeah. here. <laughs> so I'm at eye level with it. And I just pucker yeah. up. So, yeah. So we, we hear that Will Smith wants to be an astronaut. And uh, that's his big thing. But he also wants to marry Jasmine. That's, and who's Jasmine, a stripper. Who's a stripper. And apparently those two can't intertwine. And, and Jimmy tells him flat out, he says, dude. They're never going to let you fly the space shuttle if you marry a stripper. Which is ridiculous. We're going to call bullshit on that Well, I'd say, very, very shortly. So. Well, we're also going to call bullshit on it because, um, well, actually, no. I'm trying to think of all the weird people we've let fly <laughs> space shuttles. And I realized that it wasn't the weird people that flew no. the space shuttles. It was like their weird companions. I was thinking of the diaper lady that drove to Tampa to kill somebody. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. 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 So that was actually she just was in love with an astronaut. Yeah. And I mean, you know, astronauts the are space lovely. Craze. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like those women who somehow I guess maybe they have pen pal programs in prison yeah. and they befriend the craziest serial killers and then they just go all nutso and they marry them. Why when you're in prison do they let you get married? I don't I don't know, it's weird. I don't understand why that would be I guess be a it's thing. still a basic human right. As long as you're not gay, of course. How is getting married a basic human right <laughs> if basic. not every human gets to do it? Yeah, Congress. They, uh, they can right now. Mm, currently. For now. Thanks to the Supreme Court. <sighs> Supreme Court is awesome today. Well, it was. Anyway. Um, There's they, a hole in it. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's, but okay, uh, I really uh, could yeah. have done without the Will Smith P scene. Where he's like yeah. looking out the window and peeing. He's like, Jasmine, all the neighbors done packed moving up and yeah, moving yeah. out. Must be tired of them quates. Yeah. Shake it, shake it. I'm like, I don't need to listen to or hear yeah, or watch I you shake know. off I don't, the pee. I always said, I'm uncomfortable with the peeing conversations. I had a friend that would always <laughs> like go into the bathroom and then go and continue to pee and continue to talk to me. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's yeah, it's, it's It's really funny because I, I, okay. I attribute a lot of the problems that I had in my first marriage to an open door bathroom policy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, and not my policy, just in general. Like I don't, I just think it's a bad idea. Like I think there should be some things that are left to the imagination, like, or the non-imagined. Let's just not think about them. So when Paul and I started dating, I told him, I said, look, we are going to have a, what happens in the bathroom stays in the bathroom policy Unless one of us happens to like have a heart attack, slip and fall, you know, something really bad and dangerous happens. We don't go behind the door. And it's to the point where if I come in looking for Paul and I say something, he does not answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, the only way I know he's in the restroom is because the light is on under the door. You know, that kind of thing. And I'm just like, does that, okay, does fair that enough. work for your dogs? Because my dogs are like, where are you? Where are you? What's well, going on? What's my, going on? No. So, <laughs> I'm bad about leaving the, because our, our door, our house has so many fucking doors. It's like door, 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 door. Uh -huh. So I might leave that door open, but close these doors. But the dogs will bust their way through if they're allowed. They've been kicked out of our bedroom since the beginning of the year because we got new sheets. Uh -huh. And I didn't want them tearing them up yeah. like every pair of sheets. But yeah, no, they will come and sit. If the door is open, they will come and sit and stand in front of the door and just stare at me. Which is really awkward but i guess technically i'm doing the same thing when i take them out to potty so maybe they're just returning what they think is the favor um if it's just lucy she will stand looking out so she stands guard uh -huh. um daphne just wanders in like what are you doing what's happening so yeah i don't know but now it's not a problem because mm. they don't they don't come in there anymore although lucy will still bust 
bust in, in if she can. So. They, yeah, mine's like, what's going on? You can't be out. You can't be missing. What's going on? <laughs> and then as soon you? as you like, if, if they do get access, they're like, they just stick their head just, in. All right, then you're good. Leave, yeah. yeah. Just making sure you're okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if they're, if they're on the other side of a closed door, mm-hmm. there's always, because Lucy's small. So there's one little pod. toe. It's not even the paw. It's just like a toe under the door. Like, like a little kid. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, little kids do this with the fingers under the door. What are you doing? So, yeah, I, we have, wow, where did that go? Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, I don't want to see you peeing Will Smith in this movie Mm-mm. because it really kind of takes me out of things. It makes me go, I didn't need you. Because Paul and I lived in that apartment not too far from here. Mm-hmm. Um, I could hear, we lived, it was a pretty old apartment. I could hear the guy upstairs peeing every time. And it's a really weird, and not like I'm in the bathroom. Like I could hear it from almost anywhere in the apartment. <laughs> and I'm like, why can I hear? I'm not talking I hear him flush. I can hear stream hit the bowl. It's just like, oh God, that's really awkward. And then, you know, my my upstairs neighbor was a police officer. <laughs> so it almost takes down the level of respect just because like, I heard you pee like three times today. I know. You should get that checked. That's you know, seriously. It's just awkward. Yeah. I hate apartments. I do too. Yeah. I I don't hear any of my neighbors go to the bathroom, but they may hear me. Who knows? Well, you're on the <laughs> you're on the top floor here, so yeah. probably Who knows? not. Yeah. But all right. So uh, pee scenes we could have done without. Yeah. Uh, just a side note: Dylan, the little kid, Jasmine's kid, uh, was actually the same actor who played little Nikki on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. But I believe he's the second little Nicky. Because of course happens they when had kids to, grow. Yeah, they had to advance his age. So he he went from one season to being like two to like five. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, same kid. Mm-hmm. And he's also the same kid who plays Buckwheat in the like ninety six version oh, yeah. of the Little Rascals. I heard he applied for so the adorable. next um for the uh yeah, resurgent he, he and he didn't get, get, it. get it. But the person that the character is the character. Yeah, the character to be him. is the new Will Smith in that movie mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's Dylan. It's whatever yeah. his last name ends up being. Yeah. Uh, not that I've seen it because I, I never, I never got around. I to heard it, it was, lost the magic. It of was right this after one. Comic Palooza last year that it came out, like mm-hmm. days after, and. We were wiped. I was wiped. It was like it was a, a coma um, yeah. for a long time. It was. And then we lost an episode, so that killed us as well. So Yeah, fun. Eh, yeah. Eh. All right. So uh, apparently the fastest route, uh, just in case you're ever curious, and Apple Maps fails you because there's no more Wi-Fi because aliens are here. The fastest route from New York to Washington involves driving 12 miles an hour. <laughs> yep. To make sure you can get there just in time to get people on a helicopter before the White House is blown to bits. Yeah, that just in just in case. Well, I'm up. glad that the White House finally turned around and and listened to him because mm-hmm. honestly, I wouldn't have. No, I mean I'm the president. This is my employee's crazy ex husband mm-hmm. that came in there. That's um, already been like punched me in the face one time because yeah. he thought they were having an affair. Yeah, weird. Anyway, so. I, I'm glad that the the president finally got on board, decided to leave, mm-hmm. got the she got he he contacted the first lady, told mm-hmm. her to leave, right? And so she jumped. Uh, so she she should have left first thing though. Yeah, like she should have. She, she wanted to be calm and be a source of whatever you know. 
So trying to get everybody else to be we'll calm. Let you see what happens. Yeah, that's what happens. It's all right. Get yourself out. So, so this was basically all we see of Mary McDonald, though, is just these little snippets because mm. she is she's not in the same she's room. She's in L.A. Then, yeah. And they're in D.C. They seem she, like they're still in love, though. Their characters really seem like they were they, in love. And They would have. Yeah. I think, it, again, I think having her around would have just there wouldn't have been anything for her to do. So mm-hmm. it's fine that she's elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I also found it really interesting when I was writing down the different character names, like just to keep track of who played who. Uh, is Mary w- Mary Whittingham or whoever who plays the daughter, mm-hmm. his daughter. Um, her name is Patricia. They never they say it one time in the entire Isn't movie. Isn't that weird when you never know? They any call characters. her Munchkin throughout oh, yeah. the whole mm-hmm. movie. He calls her Munchkin. Everybody else does. Uh, even Connie calls her Munchkin when they're putting her on the plane on Air Force One. He tells the flight attendant, please strap Patricia in or something like that. It's the only time you ever actually hear her movie. Because I was like, who the fuck is Patricia? Like, that's Munchkin. I don't know <laughs> what her name is. That's funny. So, um, so yeah. yeah. I, that is one of those problems that I have with um, uh, a lot of times people automatically. You do this. Star Wars does this. Mm-hmm. You automatically know. I know the names of characters. Yeah. And they never were said aloud. You know what? I got so Paul and I had a big discussion about this at one point, and one of them was the fact that in the original Star Wars, so we're talking yeah. Star Wars, nineteen seventy-seven, they never said Princess Leia's last name ever. Mm-hmm. They never said her father's name, so that you could infer it was just somehow known that this was Princess Leia Organa. Mm-hmm. I did not know that, honestly. Until, uh, like the prequels, the or? prequels, yeah. yeah. Until the prequels came out, and like the third one, or maybe mm-hmm. this. I guess he pops up in the second one, but the third one is when it kind of comes out that this is who her mm-hmm. father is. Now Paul knew it because it was on the packaging for the toys and things like that. By the time yeah. we got to the toys, I wasn't reading packaging. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't care, and you know, I didn't listen to like like if you listen to the original Star Wars radio plays, which I highly recommend. They're really very good. I I did it a couple years ago, like two years ago. Um, you know, it says her name in that, and it's in the credits, but I, I and he's like, yes, they do. They totally do. I'm like, no, they don't in any of them because I have watched them and I have them all memorized. They never say her last yeah. name. But it's the same thing with like the different bounty hunters and, and the I, different the different stormtroopers. They all have different names, the desert trooper or whatever. Like, how the fuck do you know that they're called the desert trooper because they're tan? You just made that up. You just made it up. <laughs> now yeah. they do have names yeah. like uh, like Orson Krennic's crew uh, mm-hmm. were the death troopers. Like mm-hmm. he like they you know in uh, Rogue One and and but also because we've had a lot of you know there's so much of an extended universe and now like a legacy legends kind of universe there's so much that's been written that everybody just knows it and you just know like of course i know who boba fett is duh but there were seven other bounty hunters on that uh bridge that all had names i didn't know them until like a month ago to show you the importance of uh costume design it does yeah because i mean boba fett backstory yeah. I'm just going to throw that out I've there. I've got a Boba Fett coffee mug. I'll show it to you. I love Boba Fett. It's like 20 ounces. I didn't love Boba Fett in uh, in Empire Strikes Back, but I love him now. Yeah. You I know. think everybody does. But it's, it, you know, same thing like, you know, and Star Wars has done such a great job, especially when they, you know, take George Lucas out of the mix of uh, 
you know, creating those backstories and creating a universe around each person because that's how life works. You know, we're not one dimensional people falling in and out of one person's story. story. We, you know, everybody's a little bit complicated. Mm So, all right. Um, so, okay. Now we've, okay. So now we're getting down to the, the countdown. We've gotten them out of the white house. All the ships are opening Mm -hmm. there and like a giant fucking bug zapper, right? That bottom opens, it's a blue light, and everyone on the top of that building in L.A. is just staring at it going, ooh, so pretty. I want to touch it. I want to touch it. You know? Well, it's got to be a good way to go. Like, if you're going to go away, you're instantly dead. you got to look at something pretty. You were excited at the end. Again, we've talked about my my own personal survival instincts when it comes to things like a zombie apocalypse. This, This would be an ideal way to go because... Here's the deal. Now, while these movies are awesome at making us feel heroic and patriotic and we're going to survive this and we're going to be free, the idea of having to figure out how to reset civilization after you've done this, to me, is exhausting. Like, I don't want to think about even having to put my shoes on in an hour kind of thing. Like, I don't really want to think about, you know, you've got 28 people in this particular location to rebuild the American colony here with. And uh, I don't know. It'd be kind of easier to like not deal with currency. Would it? Every You're still going to end up with some sort of currency. But like you said in a previous episode, you know, it may be tampons. That may be our, you know, (laughs) it might be our currency. Yeah, I mean, and then think about it. They probably blew up most of the Walgreens, so you're going to have to roll your own, sister. <laughs> That's a terrible thing. I don't want to be around for rolling my own tampons. <laughs> it's awful. There's got to be some some Walgreens left. <laughs> Thanks, panties. That's what's going to help the yeah. world. The period unders. Punctuation unders. Just for you, seal. Punctuation unders. Punctuation unders. <sighs> all right. Okay. So, so, all right. So, at this point, we've destroyed half of the world. The uh, president got out. Yep. Um, the cable repairman got out. Yep. Um, the cable repairman's love of his life that he can't get over got out. And his dad. And his dad, Judd Hirsch. And then, um, and then that shitty Secretary of Defense, the little, yes, little yeah. rat nose guy. Okay. So, I'm Mr. Wisnicki. So, this is what I read about Mr. Wisnicki on the, um, 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 on the interwebs? On the interwebs. Okay. So they said that Albert and his Mickey, okay, that they fired him because they wanted to mimic a guy named Joe Nismicky, Nimziki, that is MGM's head of advertising. <laughs> and it pissed off the writers. So he pissed off the writers so bad during Stargate that mm-hmm. they were, they wrote his you know this guy with they the same last as name and, and then and oh, then wow. fired him wow that's awesome it could he be was, he was it has dick, to be though. true because it's on wikipedia it's on the internet it has to be true especially wikipedia speaking of that did you hear are you using that in the source for your final paper you yeah, yeah yeah totally um um did you hear that so um, burger king decided that they were going to um in their commercial say okay google and then say you know burger king's whopper or something so that everybody's okay google would pop up uh, and it all wiki- went to the wikipedia site well wikipedia is editable and so like a lot of them said like it's made of like a quarter inch baby meat <laughs> and like all kinds of See, this uh, is why you don't troll a troll yeah this exactly. is why we never we and never I'd feed be, the troll unless it's just you yeah. know on our show here it's 
it would be it's so funny because it's like first of all who the fuck do you think you are you get to set off my okay google thing right right? and so they get they deserve what they get in my Mm -hmm. opinion back to the story back to the story (laughs) so okay uh i think one of the things and we we talked about this when we recorded it last time but you weren't here for that so one one of my favorite parts of this so uh jasmine and little nikki whose name is not little nikki dylan and their dog, whose name I still don't know what it is, because she just kind of mumbles it and screams it. Yeah. Um, Mambo, maybe? I don't, I don't know. I really they, don't know. They survive. It so. doesn't matter. They see the explosion coming. Now, they don't see the, you know, the spaceship, is it? but she's stuck in a tunnel, or about to get into a tunnel, in a car with 17,000 other people stuck in a tunnel. And so she sees it in the rear view. She's got to spend a good 30 seconds peeling suitcases out of this car to get her kid I think the kid should have been on the outside. I'm just going to say that's most more important. She gets the kid and the dog and she runs or she gets a kid and she runs and she finds a door like a access door of some sort. And she manages with her stripper strength to kick in this door. She could probably hold herself upside down by her legs. I'm sure she can do all of that. That's why I'm saying she's got the super stripper legs. Super, super strength. Um, So she she kicks down this door which stays wide open, by the way, dives into it, screams for the dog. The dog comes jumping in just as this blast of fire comes shooting through the tunnel. Doors wide open. Nobody's even Also, slowest moving explosion ever. Oh, God. It just like rolled across the earth like locusts. It took more time to see Will Smith. Like it took less time to see Will Smith. Uh, peeing, peeing the neighborhood packing up and stuff to see this rolling explosion that you would not have forever. had that amount of time at all i'm pretty sure they blew up the building across the street like you know doing those implosions yeah it did take a good 20 seconds before the smoke plumes got to us that's that's just smoke I know. And it's so humid here. It's not that humid out there. Well, I, I know because the power wasn't coming from the smoke. The right. power but was But that was got, also yeah. an implosion, not an explosion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, their force of magnitude. The force is going is the wrong blah, direction. Blah, 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 yeah. Science, science, science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, so what we learn in this is one, um, fire apparently won't go towards any open oxygen source as we have learned from science to kill her and her kid in the, the, the hole in the hole. So she's you know, safe there. Uh, the guy on the subway, uh, apparently it was a great day to ride the subway. Though I think everyone else on the subway probably died. Well, the, see, that doesn't make any sense. That's it should have saved said. everybody it's on like, the subway. And how did you get out from under the subway is yeah. another question, um, which are never answered. So she finds, as you do, a dump truck because there's debris and shit. So you need something big. And, Lucky for her, like in every movie every ever movie. made, the door is unlocked and the keys are on the visor. And this is like an exciting, like I just assume everyone keeps their keys in their visor of a big rig and I could take off with one anytime I wanted to. I've never actually tried it, but I'm pretty sure it's a thing because it's been in every movie ever made. Yeah. So she rides around LA collecting people, peoples. And she happens to come across, as you do, a downed helicopter among the rubble. And in this helicopter rubble, she finds the first lady. So somehow survives. Yeah. Somehow has survived. No one else is alive. It's just her. But she's uh, she's she's not well. She's got a yeah. giant wound in her abdomen, which looks like bad news. Mm-hmm. 
So then they sit around hobo style around a campfire for a while talking about, yeah. you know, what the do you do? I'm a dancer. Mm-hmm. Oh, ballet. No, exotic. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> As you would. But, you know, she's yeah. like, I'm not, you know, it's good money. Wait, it's no. worth it for my, my kid. Then she introduces the kid and says, hey, this is... Which leads me to believe he may not be. I don't know. She said, I voted for the other guy. So, yeah, know, I don't know his party status. I know. I, d- I, I just don't know. Like most exotic dancers. I guess dan- I shouldn't I, assume I, that an exotic dancer wouldn't be a Republican. Or I wouldn't. Not I, wouldn't I would not yeah. assume that. However. Yeah, probably not. But assumptions are bad. Yeah. I, I don't know. Actually, I, I don't know. Like I could see both sides of the political spectrum working for a stripper. <laughs> So I could see like why you'd want to go one side, why you'd want to go the other. So mm-hmm. well, I could see that for literally. Well, everyone. I mean, anytime you're an independent consultant or an ind- you know, you're gonna want to have less uh, regulation on your um on your business. And I would say that that would be a Republican characteristic. <laughs> and in this case, business is many different things. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. All right. So anyway. But now, so they're heading back to El Toro. And how did they get to Area 51? I do not remember. Okay. Well, this is, this is what happens. So, all right. So we saw the White House plane goes to Area 51. We've missed a big part of the movie on that. Uh, They meet Adam Baldwin, who's a dick in real life, but pretty cool in this movie. We didn't talk about Will Smith fighting the the alien, too. We haven't gone there. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it's after this? No, it's all, again, it's all wibbly wobbly and jumpity. And I, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's anyway, all at the same time, like on the same day. It's all at the same yeah. time, at the same day. So they've recalled. Now, remember, he was at her house for a barbecue for the 4th of July. Yeah. They were all on shore leave. So now they've been recalled to El Toro. <clears throat> all of the Marine fighter pilots, so including Harry Connick Jr., Will Smith, are now suited up and ready to go kick E.T.'s ass. And, of course, you know, Harry Connick's Jimmy is being a little bit... Uh, Silly. Yeah. He's as the you silly will. guy. He's yeah. the silly guy. He's the comic relief. He's the guy who's trying to make everybody feel better, but he also does the the little bit of the, you know, the reverend prayer yeah, for yeah, all yeah. these guys going up I forgot up to how this. much I like that. That was cute. So good. Like, he's just such a... He's, he's got he's got about as many lines as the first lady in the whole movie. Yeah, you're right. But he's still such a good... And I don't consider this a Harry Connick Jr. movie, but I consider no, it a, a but Mary it's my, McDonald. It's yeah. one of my favorite movies yeah. of him in it, yeah. so I don't know. Uh, so I just, yeah, they're flying around and they realize the air, they're going to take it down. Yeah. No, you're not. It's got a shield. Holy shit. It's got a shield. And then the TIE fighters come out. That's what, I, they're not called TIE fighters, but that's what I'm going to call them. Cause that's what happens in every star Wars movie. They let you attack the big ship for a little while and then they send out the TIE fighters or the to toasters or the, Whatever you know what I mean? Is. Yeah. It's, 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 they all have the same they type all, of thing. The same concept, big ship. Little ships, little ships fight little ships and, you know, try to run them tired and protect the big ship. That's their job. So somehow uh, they are. So they're in El Toro, which is in California somewhere. It doesn't Uh, exist. It doesn't exist. But it's we're going to say it's, you know, we're going to say it's 30 miles outside L.A. It sounds right. But, you know, so it's El Toro. It's in the desert. Stands for the bull. (laughs) And that's because it's bullshit. It does it not is exist. It's some bullshit. <laughs> so now they're flying, 
And you're in a you're in a fighter jet, so you can get a long way in a while. But now yeah. they're flying through what I assume has got to be the Grand Canyon, yeah, because it's you know yeah. they're and that's that's only like ten minutes in yeah. a in a jet in a jet it's from not LA, that far. Yeah. So they've they've cut off Jimmy and uh, uh, his name is Steve, Steve, mm-hmm. uh, Captain Stephen Hillard. <laughs> they're running through, uh, you know, basically they're running with two of the Tie Fighters behind them. And they're trying to outmaneuver, but these ships are very mm-hmm. maneuverable, and they're not as pointy as our ships are, so they can do a lot of good things. Uh, something happens to Jimmy's ship. Mm-hmm. He gets hit or something, yeah. but he can't breathe. He rips off his mask, and he ends up basically crashing. Yeah, he does. Or the, or the guy takes him out or whatever. So now, you know, his his guy gets taken out. And uh, Will Smith's character this is running a, out of gas. Yeah, and this was a cool action scene, though. It was very yeah, cool. Yeah. It was really, really well done. You say, Don't you shoot that green shit at me. <laughs> but he, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of smack talk going on yeah. in the, you know, it's really worth watching yeah. just for the fun smack. Yeah. Um, but he's, you know, he's, trying, he's running out of gas yeah. because he's, you know, yeah. been, Those, been doing a, this for a, a while will burn and it burns gas, a ton yeah. of fuel. And you're not supposed to really get that far away from where you were to begin yeah. with. They're not long distance Mm-mm. jumpers here. So he knows he's going to have to bail out of his ship. So what he does is he kind of points it straight at the the, t- the top edge of a canyon wall. And he shoots up, mm-hmm. you know, and then so his plane crashes. The alien craft is trying to go over it, but it doesn't, it can't really, I think he shoots a parachute at it or something. Oh, yeah. So he can't really see. So it kind of crash lands on top of the mesa or whatever yeah. it is at that point. Plateau. Anyway, whatever. continue. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> on the top of the canyon. Uh, so he, you know, he's finally lands and he's fighting with the parachute and kicking and screaming and trying to get out he's of have, it. He's having a fit. He is having a tantrum of epic proportions and it's kind of awesome. So he walks over and somehow opens the spaceship, or maybe the spaceship opens because the guy's going to come out and he's having a tantrum in his alien wiggles. I don't know. But so a face pops out and he punches it in the neck. Says, it's welcome to Earth. That was awesome. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> and I said there's a lot of this like patriotic, like, yeah, yeah. But you know, don't mess with Earthlings. Yeah. yeah. Well, honestly, if like if our, if we're going to be represented by an entire specimen like Will Smith works, will yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah works. Will Smith. well. You're not going for Jeff Goldblum here. Maybe not the Scientology part. You're talking about character. Yeah, Will, Will Smith Wilson. is a as Scientologist. Yes. Oh, oh dear God. Yes. But his but his uh, wife found um, uh, uh, Caesar Milan. So and put She's him still a Scientologist and so. put him into stardom. But th- but then we have also Caesar Milan. As I love Caesar Milan. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, I have his book. So uh, now he's uh, dragging. Well, I think we've probably popped to three other areas. But yeah, now, yeah. let's say just timeline wise, he's now dragging the through alien. the desert this alien wrapped in his parachute uh, who is heavy and stinks. And he could have been at a barbecue. So then he got to stop and kick it a couple of times because he's, he's only punched it now to knock it out. He hadn't like killed it or anything. Yeah. Well, and he's mad. I mean, he's, he's well, expressing he's his angry and it died in a, whole, in a hilarious he even, way. Yeah. He doesn't even know what all's happened, but mm-hmm. I, it's hot. I mean, I can't, I, I don't want to walk across the parking lot at the mall, let alone the blazing hot desert, which may or may not be the salt flats. We've been talking about this for a week now. Um, so anyway, I don't think just, I don't think it is. We'll just call it blazing hot desert from hell. I mean, they're miserable. all kind of about the same. Right? It's and a desert. Except for, it's, who cares? Yeah. Um, but so he's dragging it, and he's in a direction that he's heading, 
uh, and all of a sudden he sees. Now I've skipped all the part about the the drunken hillbillies, but whatever. Yeah, we we know you about get them. it. So now he sees this caravan of ten billion uh, RVs heading right towards yes. him, and of course they pull up and they're like, "Hey, soldier, need a lift?" He's, that's that's what RV people are so nice. Well, they're very, sure. they're very, um, especially when you're towing a crop dusting plane behind your RV. I mean, that was just you know, a sight. Like to if you ever want to hang at like Christmas day in an RV park is awesome. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> I don't, you didn't grow I, up camping. I, I, I guess. did not grow yeah. up camping yeah, ever. And nor would we have had the, the, uh, inclination to use an rv we camped a couple of times in a tent like yeah, yeah. hobos yeah. it was awful the, R- the rv is the way to go so yeah well I would assume of course so. i don't i don't know like how to work them my dad yeah. has an rv and i'm always like i'm gonna learn how to do that so that i can mm. do rving with my dog oh my friend tracy is just semi-retired and she is off on the road with mm-hmm. her husband and they are just like she left the daughter's at the house with the kids, and she's like, "Well, I'm be back once a month to check in at work, and we are on the road." I was like, "That's cool. Mm-hmm. We'd probably kill each other after eight seconds." You know, it the- costs about the same to uh, live in an RV as it does to live in an apartment or something yeah. because the lot rent at these places where you stand. Mm-hmm. is expensive. Yeah, yeah. But um, you go find an Elks Club, mm-hmm. uh, Elks Lodge, or uh, like a KOA if you have a membership. Yeah. But some of them are really nice, and, but they're expensive. Well, anyways, these guys didn't have anywhere to go. So they were just traveling in a herd like Jesus. Yeah, there's a lot of RVers in the desert. So it kind of works out. Like, well, they were, you know, once the once the aliens came, most of them packed up and just got in an RV to, as you do, just roll roll across. And so they roll up on Will Smith and, you know, hey, you want to, he's like, I am I need to get to this. I saw a base when I was flying overhead and I'm not on the map. He's like, trust me, it's there. So they go rolling up to area the Area 51 base, get stopped at the guard booth, of course. <laughs> and the uh, the guy comes out and he's like, sir, you're not authorized to be here. Where's your credentials? He's like, oh, you want to see my identification? <laughs> and he opens the thing and uh, he's like, you can go. And apparently just followed by 75,000 people in RVs with no security clearance at all. So Yeah, I like to know that like once all of the major cities in the United States are destroyed, we we're still going to, to sit go. there and, and uh, go through our fucking red tape to get into anything. <laughs> like, God you, forbid you want to survive. You might be in one of them. Yeah, you mm. might be one of the aliens. Pretty sure. I'm so not. like, you know, at this point, just why don't you save the rest of the Americans you have left? Whatever. Well, at this point, we are now introduced, or we've already been introduced, but we're being reintroduced to uh, Data, who is running Area 51. Dr. So, Brackish Oaken. Yes, Dr. Dr. Oaken's name is Brackish. How terrible is that? But anyway, so we've... <laughs> this description we've got, says, unkept and highly excitable. <laughs> <laughs> he reminds me of Bernie Sanders. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I don't, just, I don't get it's that. It's just really funny. Or, or maybe Bernie Sanders reminds me of this guy in this role because he always seems to be slightly frazzled and like he would be the dude running around with a bunch of papers flying out of his arms into any meeting. Fun fact. Okay, so like our uh, the Nimziki, um, the character's appearance and verbal style, we're talking about Brent Spiner, and verbal style are based on those of visual effects supervisor Jeffrey Oaken, same <laughs> last name, nice. whom uh, Emirates had worked with on Stargate. <laughs> you know, Supernatural does that. Do they? They have a, you know, the character Bobby. Uh, yeah. The grumpy, uh-huh. their dad's buddy. Uh, <laughs> Robert, whatever Bobby's last name is, because it's just left my brain. I've watched every episode. He's the executive producer of the show. Like, 
Not that guy, not the actor, oh, but the, the guy name. with the name. Yeah, so mm-hmm. very funny. Um, they have also killed poor Bobby like four times. I don't know how that keeps happening. Yeah. But um, so anyway, so so now they've got a live alien. They're super excited. It's really excited. They're like, people are dying. He's like, but, but we're super excited. So they go to cut it open. The thing mind controls him. Apparently it doesn't kill him. Didn't we we figure that out? It doesn't actually kill him oh, because yes. he's in the next movie. Yeah, he's he apparently like movie. they even talked about. I this. thought he was. Yeah, dead. they said that he was apparently in a. Uh, he was apparently killed in the movie, and then in the re- resurgence, <laughs> they said it's like, oh, you know, he was just he's in a only coma, mostly dead, <laughs> yeah. much like Jeff Goldblum's character in the Lost World. After in yeah. the book of Jurassic Park, he dies. He seemed like he was dead in the movie too. He wasn't, but he was definitely going to. He was fairly septic at that point, but in the book, he's dead, dead. And then the, literally the first page of the second book says, well, it, it was while the report or something about the reports of my death have been wildly over-exaggerated, I was only mostly dead. Yeah. So uh, same concept, apparently. So anyways, he gets in there. The thing mind controls him. They figure out that they're locusts trying to take over the planet. There's nothing we can do to reason with them because they just want us all to die. So then, you know, they shoot through the glass and kill the alien. As you do. Wikipedia <sighs> did confirm, by the way, Bonneville Salt Flats. Okay. Well, but I've been to we Bonneville. Know that's true. We, I've been to Bonneville Salt Flats. This is like outside my area of town, mm-hmm. you know. It's white as fuck. They put a yellow filter on that. Well, again, you know, when you're trying to do exposure on things of varying color, you do. Well, have I mean, to do it's that, it's available. So. Like, I mean, obviously, when they f- they film nighttime scenes during the day, mm-hmm. so you know, so obviously that all they had to it do happens. was throw a filter. Just, but yeah. like, it really is. It's creepy white. It's like Clearwater Beach white. I thought it yeah. was still pretty fucking white because that's why I said, "Hey, is this the salt?" Well, blast, it's definitely but. it's definitely whiter than the buildings or the the mountains around it. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Um, all right. So now we have to have, we don't even have a plan at this point. This is when Jeff Goldblum gets drunk and starts throwing shit around. Oh, because the plan was to nuke. The plan. Oh, yes, that's right. The plan is we're going to nuke them. Yeah. Because that's where we go. And so we're we decided, to, so we decided to nuke Houston. They nuke Houston. Well, you know, honestly, nah. we've got enough like petrochemicals in the air here. Maybe it would actually improve our health. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. They're like, here's just a dose of chemo for the <laughs> for the Gulf Coast. <laughs> eh, you know. So, anyways, they knew Houston. It is completely ineffective. It has not touched the thing. By the way, this has all happened before they attack with yeah, Ed El Toro. But whatever, we know. Uh, so, anyway, now they got to figure it out. He's drunk. We're gonna nuke him. We're gonna waste the planet. Blah blah blah. Dad gives him the idea. Uh, get off the floor, you're going to catch a cold. And then he's like, wait, I went to MIT. I should write a computer virus. Yes. Duh. Because my uh, Mac from 1996 is completely uh, compatible with alien tech from yeah. another planet. Yeah. Always. Yep. That's, um, you know, all codes are basically the same, I suppose. Sure, sure. You know? Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, apparently they... They get along. <laughs> it doesn't well, make anyway, any sense so this to me. is the point where he gets them all together and shows them how he can upload the virus into the ship. And oh yeah, because yeah, they shot at the, the ship. Sh- yeah. Well, they shoot at a coke can, and the first time they can't get it because even though the thing is just sitting there and they can walk up and touch it, when you try to shoot it. Yeah. Or put a Coke can on top. Well, you put a Coke yeah, can on top of it, no problem. It's a projectile, I guess. When you try to yeah. shoot it, the 
The, so isn't this where Adam Baldwin freaking nearly kills everybody yeah, in there? Yeah, the ricochet. Yeah, because it's like, okay, thanks, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. You had to have known nobody that was going to happen that. Nobody thought that. Even that, it's a closed room. It's yeah. not like they were outdoors. It's still a bad idea. Yeah. But anyway, so... Why don't you just they... throw something at him? Right? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> but then they, they, you know, he sets the virus up and, oh, we can shoot the cow can off. So then they say, we're going to have to take what this What if he missed space. and he shot a hole in their spaceship? Yeah. <laughs> It's clearly more. I these are these are bad. These are questions. They're valid. They're valid. <laughs> but it just seems I understand he's in the military. We're almost an hour and a half in, so yeah. we should. Uh, we were trying to shorten this. We for were y'all. trying to shorten this. I think it's going to be longer. Yeah, <laughs> so Sorry, you. I think we're on. We probably should have just watched the movie and done commentary and assumed you were doing the same. But yeah. anyway. We didn't, so no, it's you're already here, and we got your And everybody loves this movie, and everybody knows it's it, fantastic. so it's going to be fun. So anyway, yeah. so now, oh, we can do this, but no one on this planet is qualified to fly. I wouldn't say that, sir, because Will Smith got chased by one, so clearly he can run all the delicate, intricate flight things inside an alien craft that doesn't use English. As long as he does it in a tank top, I don't give a shit. He had a flight suit. Yeah, the yeah. tank top is what did it, though. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, they decide they're going to do this. And he says, can you do all that? That bullshit you just said? Yes, I can. You know, I so. love that. I like that part. That's a good line. I don't know. Can you do all that bullshit you just said? Yeah. So then cool. we end up. Oh, this is the fun part. So then we end up seeing they're getting ready to go. And Jasmine and Steve have decided they are going to get married because he's already got a ring. I'm really glad he kept it in his jumpsuit you and not to get in the his military pension because he's, he's, right. he's, he's get about it, to get die. Get it done like, before they leave the planet. <laughs> of course, there's no military or uh, treasury or anything else left at this point, but whatever. Um, but, you know, you got to got friends with the president. We're what's fine. The, what's the point? <laughs> I mean, you're about to he's probably not going to make it back. I yeah. mean, everybody knows how movies work. So yeah. he's clearly not making it. No, back. He's uh, <laughs> so they're going to get married first so she can be a widow yeah. and, and stop stripping. Yeah. But I'm glad that he kept the dolphin ring in his pocket instead of in his locker before he got in an aircraft to go on a dangerous mission, because that's what you would do. Right. I don't know. No, you would leave never, it in your locker. I've never but. proposed to anybody. But <laughs> you, um, I, think I you, would say, yeah. I would say you I'd, would I'd probably just, leave it in your locker. Yeah. But he didn't. He had the foresight to bring it with him because you never know. He did have to go rescue all those people in the dump truck in a helicopter. Remember, stolen helicopter. To get that's how they got to El Toro. Oh yeah, stolen helicopter. Yeah, that's it. Made for and he, four. And he picked up the first lady on the way. They picked up the first. Well, the first lady was with her hobo style yeah. around the. So yeah, they took her. Took her to the hospital. Oh, by the way, first lady died. Yeah, and this was uh, this was like Mary McConnell's. Um, it was her swan song. Yeah, it and really, it was and it was beautifully written. It was lovely. Yes, and um, and it, she it was still excellent. makes me cry, it even does. though I know it's coming. I know. And then when he go, when she calls him a liar, you yeah. know, and well, that was her thing. It was so yeah, cute. You know, it was adorable. <sighs> so anyway, she's dead. Yeah, and uh, and, and but we can but see she, her at Comic Palooza. <laughs> we will see her at Comic Palooza. Yay. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> this is an episode for the books. Yep. <laughs> or not. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. But anyway, so now, where are we? Uh, oh, no. So, oh, they're, so going- they're getting married. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the guy, the priest or whoever asks for witnesses. We have witnesses. And, of course, at this point, uh, Jeff, Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum and Connie, yeah. whatever her name is, yeah. they, they come running in. His name is David. So we should just call him by character names. David and Connie come running in because name. they are going to be the witnesses, but they're looking a little unkempt, don't you think? 
Mar- uh, Con- Constance Spano. I don't care. Yes, they they're did. they're looking a little. Oh yeah, they definitely had, spe- had sex in Area Fifty One. Uh, they did. They found a closet and they. You're gonna have some weird alien babies now yeah. because like you can't have sex on the TARDIS. They we learned that you but shouldn't not do in it on the plane yet. So <laughs> well, they're in Area, but 51. they're in Area Fifty One. So Lord knows. So, anyways, they're looking a little unkempt, but then they try to make it look, uh, you know, sweet. And oh, you still wear your wedding ring after four years? That's adorable. Not uh, stalkery at all. Not no, creepy at no. all, folks. Uh, so then it's time. They're gonna load them up. They sh- gonna get ready. They they accidentally uh, ram the spaceship in the wrong direction, as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they shoot out of the hole. And of course, my brain goes straight to. I wonder how long it took them to dig down because you know they i mean the thing was on the surface so they and it's 50 stories underground now so they had to like slide it down yeah, yeah. like the world's scariest and, slide and, and with the plan that it would leave one day yeah because it's yeah it's got a it's got a hatch it got everything i don't handy. know well that's some handy. foresight thinking very, maybe very we'll helpful have to use it to save the world yeah, yeah uh yeah so <laughs> we might need this, this one day we might need a hatch mm-hmm. we'll just do a hatch one day we mm-hmm. might need this uh so, <laughs> so they shoot off into space and of course Remember, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character gets airsick. Like, he oh, was yeah. real airsick on Air Force One. So now he's like... This, this is so. where the cutest banter is between Lots these two. Because, it. like, the, you, you, you only really saw it with that. Can you do all that bullshit yeah. you just said? But That's all it. got to get me one of these. It was... I know. It's the cutest, yeah. you know... Um, you know, his nervousness and mm-hmm. Will Smith's thing, you know... Excitement. Yeah. So, anyways, they shoot out into space. And they go dock with the, with the mothership. And they... You know, they they have, they have a visor they can close so that the aliens won't notice. Because there's like a there's like a head, you know, like when you return the yeah. rental car and there's the guy in the little booth yeah. that's waiting while you dock the rental, you know, you park mm-hmm. the rental car there for you to come turn in the keys. That's that's kind of what I feel was happening there. I also it was it was, it was a conglomerate. Somebody's just getting <laughs> exactly. their paperwork and like, ugh. God, I'm just waiting for, is it clock out time yet? They're exhausted. It's another dipship pulling uh, their spaceship wow. in it's like this with spaceship. the sun rip up. The right. rule is you don't put the don't sun put tint the sun up. <laughs> but it's funny because, you know, you got to imagine that this, you know, this ship has been gone for like 50 years. Wouldn't there be some kind of tell on it? Like, again, if you rolled up to like Enterprise with something from 1947, and just tried to hand them the keys. Don't you think somebody might be like, go, where's your barcode? You know, yeah. I really don't think that this was the one you left with. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Apparently they have no, they well, give no this, fucks. This, 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 I picture it like, you know, every once in a while, the post office delivers some mail from like the 40s right. and it's on the news. Right. That's exactly what it's like. Did you not file the paperwork properly, I, asshole? We need you needed you to, to file you this need to, applicant. You needed to get this upgraded by the end of the day. You know, and now your lazy ass is calling all this extra work for me. Because yeah, it's just sitting there and it's yeah. like little little booth the whole yeah. time. Like, what's happening? And then they send it a virus and it job pops up like a laughing Jolly Roger yeah. kind of thing. And it's all like surprised. Like that apparently translates like real well that skull shape is wrong it's like, ah, <laughs> ah, ah. and it's like <laughs> and then they shoot you know they shoot a nuke into it doesn't explode on impact because that's part of the game it's not supposed mm-hmm. to do that um and it's just like like it turns around like i never noticed that until like because they use they show it sitting there but i never noticed the alien actually like turning around in its cubicle like looking behind it at the thing like, that's now in so its back office fired. Well, it's just like what the 
fuck is that? What just happened? Like, no. I was just ready for my break. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. at this point, the, the virus works. And, and because it works, it's able it, to take down the shields. However, the TIE fighters come out and they cause a lot of mayhem. So they start running out stuck. of missiles. Yeah. And now we've got one. The president's got a missile left. So, of course, he needs to be the one to go save the day. But he decides to shoot at the outside of the opening, which is not very clever. Either, or he's a bad shot. Well, he was a military pilot, but he's been benched for a while, so you don't really know. Plus, well, you don't really honestly, know his accuracy if, rate. And before. honestly, if you hit a broadside of a boat at the bottom or towards the top, you're still going to sink that fucking boat. Yeah, this not yeah. so much on the spaceship with a flap. Yeah, so I don't think that the missiles required as so much his, accuracy his, in his history. His missile on this is a is a failure. Yeah. So now ugh, we're all going to die. Because now it's settling directly over Area 51. Why it thought Area 51 was the best place to go, I don't really know. Oh, no, they did say that. They mentioned that they could tell something was happening. Well, there I think something. because they were trying to get word out oh, to okay. other places and do whatever. Remember, they had to start yeah, going to Morse code or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, and aliens doesn't don't know Morse anyone code. Ha- and of course they don't. Please. They, they've got Wi-Fi. Why do they need Morse code? Hello. Humans barely know Morse code. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, so they, uh, you know, there isn't anybody have any missiles. And of course, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Drunken crop dusting guy who they gave a plane. Okay. I have to go back to this because we covered it last time and I, and it was really funny. And I think it's really important because they go out and they, before all of this fighting has happened, they, they, they've got planes. I don't know where they got the planes from. Yeah. That's ridiculous <laughs> to have that many planes at a place With that no is pilots. not an air force, well, uh, air force. Well, but you know? even if you're, you know, planning possibly that there might be something and you've got planes stockpiled, you should have, you know, they had a bunch of people sequestered there. You should have pilots too. I mean, that's just common sense. Maybe and pilots who've flown that, not and then so they go out to and where we know the all RV the ones park that, is. And El Toro got destroyed, too. right? Well, yeah. now they've got an RV park set up at the front front door of Area Fifty One, as you do, and they just go out there with a bullhorn and say, "Hey, we need some pilots. Anybody got flight experience?" And who's the first to volunteer? Drunk Randy Quaid. So drunk Randy Quaid's like, "Me, I'm pilot." It's so <laughs> they get them all together and they say, "Um, we're gonna give you a." Excuse the expression, crash course in modern avionics, because most of these guys look half homeless and haven't flown since Nam. I can't believe we forgot to mention this part. I know. No. I was just, I'm glad I just remembered it because I'd have been pissed later. Yeah. Uh, like we didn't talk about like, How do we not speech? talk about this best thing? So we have this this meeting and, uh, and he says, so we're going to have to find out a little bit about some of your experience, starting with. You <laughs> drunk guy. They're like, who the fuck are you, Russell Casey? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so yeah. he's like, well, after Nam, I got into uh, crop dusting. And I just like to say that ever since I was abducted 10 years ago by aliens, I have been looking for a little payback. And they still look at him like he's fucking crazy. Yep. The aliens are here. Maybe he didn't get abducted. But maybe at this point we give them the benefit of the doubt a yeah. little bit. I yeah, mean, a little bit. Yeah, we abducted their aliens. I mm-hmm. mean, they were dead, but we still we took them and sliced them open and looked at them. Mm-hmm. What's so hard to imagine that you know we didn't send a scouting expedition to bring exactly. back a local, yep. a couple of local. See how farm easy specimens. they are to kill. They're very uh, yeah, and uh, you know maybe abused him <laughs> sexually. <laughs> 
But anyway, so I love that they're just still making fun of him, which again is is hilarious for the movie's sake, but in real life is just a little bit terrifying because yeah. we've just got so many people that have real life issues that for whatever reason are overlooked and not treated. Mm-hmm. That guy needed like some serious PTSD treatment regardless of what actually physically happened to him. Yeah. And he just had to turn to alcohol and crop dusting. Yep. And he probably was half crazy from whatever he was dropping out of the crop dusting yeah, plane as well. We don't know that perk or whatever. Right. Yeah. It was like, woof. So. Okay. So talk about Bill Pullman, President Whitmore. Oh, uh, is President, it Whitmore? Yes. Yeah, Whitmore. President Whitmore's speech. It's iconic. It's amazing. If everyone who ran for president could learn to passionately and genuinely deliver speeches like this, I mean, they really do need to have some substance. But yeah. I'm just saying, just just watch it. Mm-hmm. It just pu- I cr- tears it's, every yeah. time. He unites every the time. world. The world is the united world. by the sound of Bill Pullman's speech. Today that is, a- is no longer an American holiday. From now on, the Fourth of July will become our Independence Day. And then everybody's like, "Yay!" Yay! There's eight people out there, but it turns into a mass mob of screaming and awesomeness because, because it has to. Oh, it is. I mean, it's it happened in the theater. Yeah. You know, of course it is. It happens in my living room. I know because it is awesome. <laughs> like this is, it, oh, this is so the exciting. call to arms. I've got like goosebumps I talking know, about yeah, it. Me yeah. too. Like <laughs> it is the call to arms of call yes. to arms. Now, and we've talked, we, didn't we, we want to, we recap. I took, stole this from Matinee Heroes. What other actor could do this speech? Peter Capaldi doesn't count because he's not no, American. No. He um, could do it though. Hmm. I don't know. We, didn't we talk about it yeah, last we time? Yeah, we had one. We had one that we picked, and I can't remember who it was now. It's been too long. Samuel Jackson could do it with some f bombs. That'd be awesome. I would. I, I would. That's totally, how I would do it. I'd be like, <laughs> you know, this motherfucking holiday. <laughs> I am tired of these motherfucking <laughs> aliens and these motherfucking airplanes. See, uh, it works. Yeah. All right, Twitter. Please let us know who, who would else? you recap who could possibly be better than bill pullman for the independence day speech yeah tweet us with this because we would like your your answer on this because we have forgotten our answers from five days ago <laughs> sorry yeah yes we have so anyway i think um okay so, so we're, we're back on the spaceship back on the spaceship and and they they know they're not getting out because they've locked them down and they're like smoking a cigar in a closed spaceship environment, which to me sounds like a terrible idea. They they figure at uh, this point they're dead. They're dead at this point, so they got the victory dance going on. And they're like, well, let's just go ahead and blow off that nuke. And so they're like, bye, hello, goodbye, love you, peace. <laughs> like, you think they have any idea what's going to happen? Not a clue. Boom. And that's when the guy gets the nuke in the back of his cubicle and goes, ugh. But whatever it is, it un- it actually unhooked it, it un- the the shock of I guess firing this nuke has unjammed the little device that holds the top hat of the spaceship in place, and so now they're loose. But now they've just shot something at the guy in the cubicle, so now they've got like four of these guys chasing them. Yeah. So now they have to, of course, do the action action scene to get out of here using most of Jeff 
Goldblum's dialogue from Jurassic Park. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, go 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 go! Must go yeah. faster! Must go faster! <laughs> I'm like, you totally stole that from Jurassic Park. <laughs> of course, it is what you would say. Yeah. You're like, yeah. what's the fuck out of here? That's what I'd be doing. I would be sh- freaking out. <laughs> He's like, I ain't heard no fat lady. Shut up! You're obsessed with the fat lady. <laughs> anyway, so they get out banter. of the ship right before it closes, and of course, the iconic crash of the little Tie Fighters behind it. And now they are booking it, trying to get the hell out of there. They're like, because they've got only got, only got 30 seconds. Because you know what? Apparently 30 seconds is like safe distance. I mm-hmm. mean, there's got to be a minimum safe distance when you blow up a space shuttle. Shuttle. <laughs> space <A> shuttle. Space, <laughs> space shuttle. Uh, a quarter of the size of the moon. Uh But now they're just, they just seem to be kind of. Well, it's a fast ship. Well, it's fast, but they're still just kind of. Woo, we got out of here. And then it's like the thing blows up and it's like, oh, shit. Because now you've got the blast radius of a ship yeah. that large blowing up. And they're totally, I'm sorry, y'all, they totally got cancer at this point. Yeah. That's probably why Will Smith is not in the new movie. I don't know. And, they, do, uh, they, he is de- they do acknowledge <laughs> that he's dead in the new movie. Uh, but this is probably why. I, I, doubt, I got, doubt it was leukemia. He, I think he got was... something because that a nuclear blast... That close to you. That you're in it because you're now in there, the no because you know, I, a the radiation spa- of a, it. a spaceship would have radiation protection because you wouldn't be able to land it. But on But it Earth. was really old. So again, think about like it's like a it would have it would have blown point. up during reentry if it did not have still have a significant. Uh, nah. Either way, I like to think he's dead because he saved. the I world. think he died in a in a. He war. probably died in something something stupid like being married to a stripper i don't know uh, because apparently you know that's what happens jimmy apparently said. That, that concerns jimmy that jimmy concerns told him that people. one time yeah. it's it's well it's he's concerning. an astronaut he made his he made his dream he did he didn't get to fly the space shuttle because there aren't any more because they blew up oh yeah probably everything uh but anyway so he, now they, they, what he flew was cool but they still the have they haven't heard from him so they're back they've all all the you know conquering heroes who have blown up the Mid-sized spaceship oh, over Area Fifty One. Yeah, now they the, haven't saved the world. Yeah, by They've the way, just done yeah. that. Rus- by by. Ru- uh, oh yes, Iran. Russell Case has the only uh, missile left, and he it's jammed. It's jammed. Of, of course. course, it's jammed. So he's going to be the big hero of the day and fly his gin-soaked ass straight up into the penis of this ship. I I, I consider it a sphincter. <laughs> Either it was way. very sphinctery. Either way, he's flying right into the blue beam of light. You, a place where you do it not want to be. a place you don't want to be. Yeah. Uh, so he does this. It blows up the whole ship. I don't know why. Every spaceship designer says, let's leave a fatal flaw and put it on the outside of the ship. It's perfect. And, and on the on the side that people see and not yeah. on the side that's yeah, hard to get to. the far side. Yeah. You should always be on the far side. Uh, like the moon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So now they've come back as conquering heroes and want to know how their delivery boys are doing. That's what they said. That's what they call them. And I am like, these motherfuckers just made it possible to save the entire world, not this one ship. And you just, uh, just. I Did you give too- them a tip? How much do you tip that delivery How boy? How do you tip that delivery boy? <laughs> Were they even getting paid at this point? Uh, probably Did not. They make your, is your Mushu pork coal? What's going on? <laughs> Pretty sure they were volunteers at this point. So they're like, we lost, we lost contact with them 20 minutes ago. How did they have contact with them to begin with? Because they don't have Wi-Fi. They don't have Wi-Fi, and radio doesn't extend that far. Nope. And it wouldn't have talked to their ship anyway, because because they don't all have the other ships would have too. heard it too. And so the satellites are satellites out. are gone. So pretty much they lost contact with them when they left the dock. Like they, when they, they left knew, the hangar. But they knew bay. something had to have happened because, because the, the shields, shields went, went down. down. Yeah, that was it. 
Uh, so then, wait, wait, we see something on our radar. And then they go riding through the desert on in the Jeep. top of a, uh, is a Hummer. It was a Humvee, oh, yeah. and it was the, the topless Humvee, so they and could would, stand and look cool. You would never do yellow. that. You would just be sandblasted. In the desert? Yeah. You, they didn't even have sunglasses on. They're just like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And then you see the two of them walking away from what they have clearly done is crash landed. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's like half on fire. But the two men walking if, towards you, one is nice. beautiful, nice. but two really shows how tall... Jeff Goldblum is shocking because Will Smith is a tall man as well. All the shit. And he is short comparatively. Mm -hmm. So, and, but I mean, uh, I mean, Jeff Goldblum is also rocking a little bit of a fro, you know, know, that Jewy fro thing Mm -hmm. up on top there. And this, but still it's crazy tall. It's really tall. And Bill Pullman's not short too. I have the measurements. Uh, (laughs) Cause I'm like, he looks really fucking tall. But he's also really lanky. Like he's yeah. very and well, it, of that course, does, except it, for his pecs, which are somehow gorgeous. Yeah. Well, so, they're not like that anymore. Yeah, that well, was that now. was that was his low carbs and <laughs> his low carbs for three he's years. He's been hanging out with Billy Banks or something or something. You oh know. god. Uh, so uh, Jeff Goldblum is six foot four and like a half. Will Smith is six foot two, and I believe Bill Pullman is like six one. Who so some tall dude. They're dudes. all tall, but. I mean, even the, even Will Smith looked a little short comparatively, but it was a beautiful scene. And then there's the running and the hugging and the we're your friends again. And then we did not promise you fireworks because there's now oh, explosions yeah. and probably radioactive pieces of yeah. shrapnel yep. flying things, everywhere. Things re-entering the atmosphere will burn out. And then they start showing the pictures from around the world, how mm-hmm. they the others. The one that makes me laugh and do that Scooby-Doo, like every time, is when you see the Maasai or whatever, the Indian, I mean, not Indian, the mm-hmm. African tribe of, uh, oh yeah, like lion hunters with their spears. And I'm like, what did you use <laughs> to do this? <laughs> I would like to know. But the funny thing is like, they get on the horn around the world to tell everyone how to take out the alien craft. And there's no time, by the which way. Which is pretty much, I know, it's like if they're doing coordinated attacks, wouldn't they all be getting attacked at the same time? Not like, we're going to attack the Americans first so they can figure out how to beat us and then we'll attack you later. You think that there'd be a couple of the little satellite ones, you know, by satellite, I mean smaller small and, ones, yeah. and not the attached. The one-seaters, yeah. Um, that would still have made it through that. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, there would be a they, ton of them. They just maybe all of their equipment would be. They dead ran out of missiles so because their Wi-Fi didn't. Get it. <laughs> I don't know. But so they send the Morse code around. But then when they get to this, and it's like a field in Africa with this tribe of people who don't even own shoes, and they have sticks. How did they take their spaceship down? I don't. Know. I don't know that there's a grand. The shields were out. Fighting so. army of the. Ooh, did they man, shoot it with a stick? Could you get a lion up there? <laughs> With what? You get a catapult? No, no. I, I You're going to use a trebuchet, a catapult? You're going to just the, launch the, the a lion up I there? The impression I got was that they could see it and they knew it was the end of the world and it was the major cities that took them down. Uh, I do know that this show was, uh, there was There's a spot. There's major cities in right Central Africa like that? Egypt. Not where those people are. Well, uh, you could still see it from all over the world. That's Do what I'm you saying. Know that how they were large. Africa is. No, no. I was. Saying I watched you could the still in the darkness. Come on. You could still see the fireworks if they're in the atmosphere. You it could... wasn't the fireworks. It was the ship burning behind them. Because yeah, <laughs> like it, it was, was on its yeah. way. Um, but they, maybe um, it, maybe they took it out in Egypt and it just landed like 
well, 3,000 I mean, miles there. It would there. take a while to fall. You would think. But they, they did right. say that it was um, censored. There's a spot where uh, Jews and uh, Muslims get along to... Um, <laughs> you wouldn't want to show that. The, and, it was, and it was taken out in... Um, it was taken out of the screen. Um, it was, you know, it was funny. So they censored it, you know, outside the country. Also in Lebanon, you they took out Judd Hirsch's character wearing his little thing. Yamaka. Yeah. Yeah. They can't see your hair. Yeah. That, I'm pointing <laughs> to it. I'm pointing to my hair. My yamaka. So anyways, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they save the world. And uh, nobody figures out where they're going to buy toilet paper afterwards. So that's all. That's all in the years between the yeah. We don't know the good movie and the shit movie. I don't know. <laughs> like I w- I'd be interested now actually to watch the shit movie and see. Um, that's uh, what I hear is it's not terrible, but it's just not as good as the original. Well, and and and, ever is. and it's I have a, a lot of things like this will just taint the original one. So I'm not too interested. In it. Stop giggling when I say taint. It is an actual word. <laughs> I know it is. all right i think i'm getting a little punch drunk here punchy here Mm -hmm. uh this is probably our longest episode ever that isn't split into two episodes so enjoy it's uh it's good friday traffic yeah uh, we're gonna we're gonna see you um at comic palooza yes we are uh we want you guys to uh follow us and if you're not already following us on twitter do so at nerdy bitches pod and you need to know the pod on the end because some other nerdy bitch stole nerdy bitches long before we ever did this and has not posted anything on Twitter since like 2011. So I think we should, you know, I don't know how take you her can name. Do that. But anyway, so nerdy bitches pod. Uh, follow us also on our Facebook page. You just have to go type in nerdy bitches podcast because they won't let us have an actual handle because uh, of the bitches part. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're going to be posting some more videos and things just kind of letting you know where we are, what we're going to be doing. Because when, if we do get our panel, we really want to have we, you guys we're out there. Pimp it. Yeah. We are going to have some activities and things that we want to have going on. And we just want to get out and meet some people that, you know, we talk to on Twitter all the time. So yeah, come please see come us. see us and say hi. I know that, um, plus the con itself is just going to be amazing. Yeah. So even beyond us, I mean, there's totally reason. Yeah. To go. And, and again, you know, we're <laughs> going to try and plan something, maybe like a little pub crawl or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, send us a message on Facebook. We'll add you to the invite so you can meet us there. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So I guess that's it because we've gone forever. So, uh, All right. right, We'll see you guys next time. See ya. Theme music provided by www.bensound.com. And please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. Hello, sailor.